Thank you again for all joining the Strong Asian Lead Clubhouse Room on Shang-Chi, Legend and the Legend of the Ten Rings. This is a recorded podcast and clubhouse room, so please be aware that we are recording this. But I also want this to be a, a fully honest and honest perspectives and honest reviews of Shang-Chi. I have been told that Disney is listening and listening to this recording specifically and they want to hear the real stuff like i think it's always great to uplift and i think especially before uh, a movie comes out especially like chong chi for the asian american community that it's not a good idea to especially people have seen it i saw it like two weeks before it and i have my own opinions but i think it's really important not to bring it down while we still need people to go see it there's just a lot of people haven't seen it so i think it's always really good to uplift and promote and say let's go watch it and, and support and all that stuff before it comes out and in the week the weekend of like, that's all we want to see is like great celebration and and get people to go see it and obviously it broke broke box office numbers for the labor day weekend it was at 94 million dollars which is incredible for any film but i think that's incredible for this film especially but now that it's been about a week and a lot of people have seen it, everybody's kind of went out to go see it. And there's some friends who are coming into this club room today. I want to know people's real honest opinions. Like, do you tell me what you like about it? What you didn't like about it? If things that you think that could have been better, what you think that they, they went over the top or not enough, like just, I just want to know. Cause I have, I have my opinions. I've talked to other friends and they have different opinions too. And I think this is just a really good conversation about not you know, to always uplift, but also still be real about it. And so we can always support. And I don't think this is a room. I don't think this is a room that we're going to feel like this, like a movie needs to be canceled. It did amazing things for a lot of different reasons, but I don't, I don't think that needs to negate the fact that it can always be improved. And so I want to hear, I want to hear what people think, but you can just tell me what your, what it meant to you, what your favorite scenes are. And yeah, if you don't, if you don't have any critiques, you can stay that too. I think there's always room for that as well. So, but yeah, let's start off with David on David, how are you doing? And like, when did you go watch it? What did you enjoy it? Like, tell us, tell us more. Yeah. So I actually saw it twice. So we went to see it, uh, the day, a Sunday before Labor Day and then, you know, or the official Labor Day holiday. And then we went to see it again on Monday. So I got two times, two times to go see the film to really get a chance to, to really to get like, and I don't, there's not a lot of films I see twice, so it's been Black Panther, which I saw four times, Crazy Mercedes, which I saw four times, and this one, obviously, two times. So I tend to have a trust in Marvel, so I go in with much greater expectations. And if I first, I'll just start, and then I'll explain it. If I were to give the movie a rating, like, out of 10, right, I would give it an 8 out of 10, right? So obviously, the premise of, you know, of Shang-Chi, right, and the premise of the plot, I thought was generally, overall, pretty good. I will say... There were some areas which I wish they would have done a little bit more explanations in there, which either A, they may have put on the cutting room floor, because, you know, they do these things in movies, and you, if you, they still do DVDs, you get to see the, the stuff that was cut out. But, but the first thing I want to say is, if anybody's never read the comic book, and they made some changes, and I want to point this out as something Hollywood can do, in the original comic book, Shang-Chi's mother is white. But in, in for the movie, they decided to make the mother Asian, which means Hollywood can make changes when they want to make it, right? So they can they can be they can do things they want to do. And I thought it was a quite interesting thing that they would decide in this particular film that they wanted to make sure that not only was it an all Asian cast or primarily all Asian cast, but that they also wanted to make it, you know, in the sort of modern sense of the term, they knew they probably would get criticism, even though 
for the comic book and they decided to make the change. I thought that was a nice that was a nice switch because we often hear about well, why would you switch this? Why would you change the race on this? Or why would you do that? And we say you do it all the time. And so I think this was this was a step in the other direction, that, which I thought was an interesting touch for the film. I think some of my favorite scenes. Okay, look, I live in San Francisco, so obviously the first scene where they're fighting on the on the one California right is a very is a very good scene because I know the I know the area right. I know the one California, so. Watching that initial fight scene is pretty good. I also think another scene that I really like within this film is I like the scene where, you know, Shang-Chi and his sister, where he goes to see her and he doesn't, you know, he realizes, you know, that she didn't bring him there, but she's fighting him inside the ring. So you get a sense that she has anger and tension and they kind of explore a little bit of that. Obviously, I have to say, I love the sort of the sort of last major battle that happened in the village, right? Right. It's just sort of like the climax of, of, of everything going on there. So I thought that that was pretty good. And yeah, I think I think overall, I found the film to be exciting. It kept my attention. I, obviously, we saw it twice in the fall sleep in the theater. I thought that was pretty good. There was one question that lingered in me that something that didn't need to be in the film. I don't see the point of being Kingsley's character. I just didn't know why he was there. I was like, did you just throw him in there for either A, because he's under contract and you have to fulfill the contract. So you thought, it, is, is there some purpose that he's going to arise in you know, future editions? And so you're setting it up. But his character just seemed out of place. Other than the fact that his whole plot was as an actor, he, he was an actor and, and, then, and then he had to, you know, he was helping the little furball creature get back, get back home. So for me, that was like, really like the only thing that I the only major thing that I was like really like eh, I don't know what this is like I said they could have explained a little bit more and I'm not a nitpicky person so I'm not nitpicking because I tell people I can but if I was a nitpicky person I would I, I would want to know so did they lose their jobs right you know because because they, they disappeared I, I want to know if they got the, if they still had the jobs when they went back or they or, you know are they still valet people right but other than that I think the film from an overall level, I gave it an 8 out of 10. I thought it was worth seeing twice. And also, because you want to send a message with some films, so it was a great time to send a message with it. So for right now, I'm David. I'm done speaking. Wow, David. Yeah, thank you. You know, I, I, need, to see it. I need to see it again. I want to see it again. But yeah, I think you're right. The Bing Kingsley was interesting. And I thought, I think they already alluded to that he was in other films. I don't remember him in other films. I don't, I think that was, I don't know, was that a thing too? Which I thought was interesting. It was, right? Yes, Which it was. Which film was he in? Yes, it was. Yeah, but he played. I, I actually, he was in Iron Man. He was in one of the Iron Man movies, but he, but from what my recollection, he played a different character in the Iron Man movie, right? So it wasn't the same. He was also in a uh, Marvel did a short film because uh, I looked it up. He did. They did a short film, and he was also in the Marvel short film. But from my recollection, in both of those films, he played different characters. So there was none of the characters were particularly related to to the person he was playing, the actor, so to speak, in this one. So. Yeah, it was a little bit of a loss. Yeah, I thought that was kind of weird that he was supposed to be from some another part of the universe, but not here, but not the same character. I don't know. It was, it was strange. I, know, I thought he did great with acting. He was good comic relief. And we had Aquafina as a comic relief already. So it's adding an interesting character to just like translate the, the random <laughs> the furball like you said which was that that was fun and cute. I'm sure it's a good toy stuffed animal kind of thing. But yeah, those are those are um, great great points there i think eight out of ten is probably where i'm at too maybe eight and a half and yeah it's it's a lot to bring in but enjoyable right entertaining funny action was great yeah there's so much to go over so thank you for bringing up easily i haven't heard that one yet yeah sky sky nakamura how are you and when did you watch it how many times did you see it what were your thoughts 
Okay, so hi, this is Sky. I saw it on Tuesday, when Monday or Tuesday, and I, like both of you said, I need to see it again. I usually don't pay to see movies in the theater, and I saw IMAX, but somebody said you have to see 3D, so my next visit will be in 3D. And with Marvel movies, I don't expect a lot in terms of storyline and depth of character, and so I, I didn't have a lot of expectations going in. So it did it actually exceeded my expectations on that point because the backstory was pretty good. And they did make it clear that they're Asian Americans and that they're not like the model minority Asian Americans. And I love that part of it. They didn't show them as like, you know, business people, but they were valet and they were rebelling against their parents, both of them. And that happens a lot with us Asians. So I'm glad that that story got told. I didn't know. And David, I always learn from you when I'm in a room with you, but you always like open my eyes up to things. But you mentioned that the mother was, she, she was Caucasian and they made her Asian. I was driving. So I think that's what you said. But if that's the case, I'm like, wow, because that was such a huge role. And one of the thoughts that entered my mind was like, oh yeah, well they knew because they're going to get backlash if they made her white. It's kind of like that one with, what's her name? Oh, oh, you know, the one, the one in her, she, her, she was the ghost, ghost the white girl yeah. in ghost that in movie. Yeah. Yes. Ghost yeah. But I do think that our voice is getting more powerful. That's the first thing that entered my mind is like, oh, it would have gotten so much backlash. And that's powerful for our voice to be. And I don't know if that's the case. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't put it past them that they thought, oh, yeah, maybe if we made her, you know, if we don't change this to an Asian character, because she's so, she's such a huge part of the film. So much about it is about the relationship between Shang-Chi and his mom. So if it was a white woman, I would have been kind of like, hmm, that feels, you know, and then he'd have to be white, like, I mean, half. So, yeah, I just, I love that part of it. But I do need to see it again. Um, the last thing I want to say, and I'm sorry, I can't stay in the room. I'm like, I have to go to a screening in like 20 minutes, uh, 15 minutes. But I looked at the IMDb credits and none of the producers are Asian. None of the writers are Asian. Good of things, I do appreciate that this film was made. They didn't change the title and make it some, you know, they actually used the, you know, Shang-Chi. That's amazing to me. And that the box office numbers are just incredible. But I did look, and I'm looking now, at the credits on IMDb. And the director, the writers, all of the writers, they had good insight. You know, they did try to tell our story. I'm just curious to know, what if we had a, an Asian writer? How much more depth could that have had? And why didn't we have any Asians at that level? So I do in those positions. So, so that would be my. That's why I would give it an eight. Uh, well, I just want to bring up the point that there is one Asian writer, right? An eight instead of a nine. No, I just want to say there's a there is on I'm so, TV. Let me just check yeah, again. Yeah, so it's I hard to notice. see because his name is Dave Callahan. He's he's mixed Asian. He's mixed Chinese and Norwegian. This was he was on another podcast, but I want to I want to bring up that point because I said the same thing a couple of weeks ago. I was like, there are no oh that's yeah, good like, because yeah I was like wow they had good insight yeah there's like there was like I told myself I was like there's no <laughs> Asians on this I was like really kind of mad about that I think they actually heard me and said we need to promote him as Asian uh, because his last name isn't Asian so it's hard to see and D Dustin is also Asian he's mixed Japanese Hawaiian but I do you know I do want to point out the fact that they're Dustin and Dave are both Asian. But I will say they're both mixed Asian. So that's another part of the diaspora that is very different than right. a whole Asian family. And that 
out of the five writers, three of them are white men and they're all men. Yes. Right? So I will say like that could have been another a thing. lot better diversity in there, but also just like, oh my God, did they have a voice? Did they maybe not have a voice? Did they, did all the white men like have more power? Cause they were other big things too. And so are they just checking mark, check marking the box that he's Asian? Cause he just recently started coming on podcasts and stuff to say that he is Asian. So that's kind of weird. <laughs> and so that's right. a point. And what David said earlier uh, about the mother being white, which would have made him mixed Asian. Now I actually agree that he, the, I'm glad they made the mother also Asian. That gives us more of the backstory into the mystical world of, you know, mystical quote unquote mystical world of Asian, which is its own topic in this discussion that we can have. But as, as a mixed Asian myself, and a mixed, no, my mixed Asian family of mixed Asian media and people, it's like we would have also, a lot of us would have appreciated mixed Asian. But at the same time, I wouldn't have wanted this film to be a mixed Asian thing. So it's kind of like a weird dynamic of, you know, now you're erasing the mixed Asian culture because that's what the mixed Asian was back then. But I bet part of the pod, part of the comics was that it's back in the day that they wanted more white characters. So I kind of see that that would make that change. And so I'm glad they did that. That is a change that I think it, even though it's, those are the cultural differences that we're going to start seeing in the future is like what needs to be changed and for a better, better audience, but who are we also trying to play here? So I think that's a, yeah, that was a really good change for that. But yeah. Thank you, Sky. Any last, any last ideas? Oh, for me, gosh, I wish I should, I'm going to stay as long as I yeah. can in this. So I'm going to be listening, but thank you so much for, I think this is a great discussion. So thank you so much for having this room and then doing what you're doing to get, I mean, strong Asian lead. That's just exactly what this film is. is. So I think we are making progress, you know, and this is, it's, it's a really good step forward, I think. So thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for joining in and, and sharing your, sharing your thoughts. I think it is, you know, this is a movie filled with strong Asian leads left and right and center and all around. So I think that's a, it's a really cool, again, this is a great film. It's great for entertainment. It's good for the community. We had a lot of people come out, show up, box office breaking like this. You can, it's undeniable that this this movie did so much you can't really say that it was bad for the community so but it, there's also just other opinions and, and thoughts about it so again quick quick reset for anybody who hasn't uh, already shown up and sit in the room we're just going to have honest conversations about shang chi legend of the ten rings you know most of us have seen it if you're if you haven't seen it this is a spoiler room so don't, you might want to dip out but also we just want to have true honest opinions let me know what your thoughts are because now we're past the time that we need to only celebrate. This is a good time to just say, hey, you know, I really liked it, but, and tell me what your butt is. If you have a butt, if you don't have a butt, then it's all good. Then we can, I want to hear about that too, because it really did do a lot for everybody. And so but I just want to have a real conversation and hold, you know, hold Disney to the fire. If they want to start doing better, you want to hear from us. This is the way you, the uh, Disney people hear our opinions. And if we're going to hold something, we don't want to have to cancel everything that comes out. <laughs> like I want to just only support and do those things. But if we don't speak up, if we don't say these things are wrong, like we just talked about three white men coming in to play the room, like, and now that I only, I only ever hear this uh, Dave Callahan say, Oh yeah, you wrote the film. Like, well, five people wrote the film. You were one fifth of that. And so what does that power dynamic 
play and, and how did they, you know, how did it work? So there's always these things we can talk about because um, the other films have failed. I will say that this is the largest Asian Disney film that probably was promoted given it's due, given the marketing, given the posters, all that more than Riot, the last dragon, all these things. So, you know, what did they do right here and what did they do? What could they, what could they do better in the future? So if we want more better films, then we have to tell them how we think it could have been done better. So there's the room for it. Tell us what you know and, and feel free to raise your hand. I will try to keep my eyes on the hand raising. It's kind of weird with this new program, but we'll, we'll keep it going. But uh, we have Keith on the stage. How are you doing, Keith? We just saw you about an hour ago. So yeah, tell us your thoughts. And when did you go see it? How many times have you seen it? Like, tell us what, you, what are your thoughts on it, man? Keith, are you there? All right. I think Keith is maybe not here. Okay. Is anybody else? I'm going to invite some people, you know, just to the stage and it's a pretty small room, pretty chill in here. I'm going to, I'm trying to ping a bunch of people into the room. And if you have friends who you think uh, would want to have this conversation, who just, who just ask if they saw Shang-Chi, they don't have to be Asian. You know, everybody went to go see this film. This is a great place to talk about and see what people thoughts. And, you know, we want to be able to hear from everybody's opinion. So if you want to raise your hand again, I'm trying to find hand permissions, everybody. Yeah, everybody should be We'll do that. Keith, are you back? No, maybe not. Oh, let's see. James is James is here. Hey, James, how you doing? Oh, and Ernest is here. We're actually, okay, we'll go in order. Ernest, you're here on stage. How you doing? Hey, guys, can you hear me? Yes, we can. How are you feeling today? Yeah, yeah, I'm doing well. I just I saw the saw the movie today, oh. so it's fresh fresh in my Great. mind. Yeah, tell us your thoughts. Yeah, so I think I think I agree with most people here. It's like you know, eight eight out of ten movie for me. I think the best best parts for me were were the action, like. I, 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 you know, have a strong interest in martial arts and all that. And, you know, the research of how to, you know, like the, the martial arts they use, they didn't just, you know, slap on the 10 rings and then fought however they liked. They, they stuck to the kind of the Hungar style martial arts, the hook swords, all that stuff was very well done. And yeah, those are the things I liked. And also even, you know, most superhero movies I watch, I find it a bit cringy with the way, like, you know, why are superheroes just like punching each other? Whereas, you know, you can use guns or... Or, or weapons or whatever but in in the context of this this movie it it fits well and obviously with the power of the just the martial arts themselves you know like they have like air bending and whatever and the ten rings it, it fits and it and, and and you know the sounds and the visuals all of that makes it work very well for me in terms of the weakness i think i would say the plot i'm not saying it's a bad bad story it's just slightly weaker i think the one thing i didn't like was the main sort of villain is really the monster behind the gate and that that's just something that you get told about towards kind of the the later half of the movie and it, for now anyway it doesn't seem to relate to any other part of the marvel universe or any part of the story and it's not like a monster of the making of any of the kind of main characters which is what you kind of get from like you know age of ultron or black panther you know the villain is the result of the, the good guys doing something wrong or doing something poorly so yeah, those, those are my thoughts on that. So yeah, thanks for having having this yeah, room. Thank you, Ernest, for sharing that. I I agree, and I think I think that's the thing I heard a lot from other people too. Is that the the dragon monster Cthulhu kind of person, you know, whatever you want to call it, it's not a villain, it's just kind of its thing, right? It's the legend. That's kind of that's kind of weird. I hope that well, it's gone now, but that somehow that this kind of magical world that they would put into the universe of Marvel, how does that fit in? Is do we find other movements monsters does it work i think some people were saying like the the just the cgi-ness of it was just so so much i thought you know i i kind of like that 
they had this, you know, magical world, but at the end of the day, that became the main villain to happen. Whereas his father was it Wu Wen? Is that how you say his name? Like that's that was the, that was the villain. That was the thing you want to stop. And at the end of the day, it was kind of just lackluster. <laughs> Someone really pointed out he got picked up by the monster, and Zhang Chi was just staring. <laughs> did nothing <laughs> did nothing about it uh not that they could do too much without the rings but it was just so so random and it kind of came in last minute that's how they saved the world rather than saving it from his father i think that's i think it felt like a cop-out felt like something else was wrong in there but that's the other thing too is i really like the villain as a character more than i did shang chi like i don't know how everybody else uh, thought about that but i just really tony was so great as acting but also he had a really strong want he really wanted his wife back and you really felt for him and that was the thing where i didn't feel that was shang chi so that was very interesting about that and we can get that into that further but let's keep moving on james how are you doing today and tell us tell us your thought when did you go see it yeah give us your your thoughts and opinions man hi yeah thanks for having me guys i appreciate the conversation at hand i actually saw it at the premiere at the el capitan theater and then after that i saw it five more times just just because i feel like being an asian american actor right now it's it's been a big movement to say the least in our in our community and seeing our stories on being told i guess in a way where it isn't whitewash was very inspirational and i do have some thoughts at the end with the, with the whole dragon sequence as well but i was actually going to ask you guys because i was thinking about that whole dragon sequence and if we're going to see more asian superheroes in the mcu i know in particular Neymar has been ringing a bell to a lot of people's ears who is like the god of Atlantis and I was thinking maybe he can come into a factor and if that was the case do you guys think this would be the perfect setup for that I mean I don't know I'm not a I actually didn't watch Aquaman <laughs> it's probably one of the Marvel ones I haven't watched and I've never read the comics so I have no I'm just the, the cinematic person so I only know that part of it David seems to know more David what do you think I think it could be I mean it it, it, it although it probably isn't, but I do think it could be a good setup for that. I think that would be an interest. That would be an interesting thing. In fact, my whole thing was whenever they make the second movie, I was like, why don't they just dig into the Marvel vault of characters and pull out some of the the Asian villains in the Marvel comics, and then have like you know Shang Chi fight them, you know, uh, in that regard. I think that would be good. One other thing I'll say, and then I'll pass it back over, is David. What you might be saying is that Simu Liu was not as strong of an actor, or, or at least his performance wasn't as strong of a performance in terms of the acting side that made you like that. You know, not really. I think Simu did a pretty good job. I have nothing, I actually have nothing against any of the actors on this. I just think it was the writing. He didn't have a want. Like, okay, so here's here's my opinion. Now, and this is, you know, fun for me to share at this time before we move, uh, keep moving on. But, you know, they didn't have a want, right? In most movies, you want to want somewhere. And even if you just compare it to mar other Marvel films, like let's take spider-man first instance peter parker is a high school kid who what wants mary jane right he just wants to be average he wants to be seen he wants to be cool and he's not and then one day he gets bit by a spider and then things start to change throughout the whole time he's, he's even though he has to fight off of green goblin or doc ock at the end of the day he still wants to be cool and he wants mary jane Right. That's the that's kind of the whole point. And so when you end even when the end of the plot of the villain, he still wants the girl. Even Iron Man, 
Okay, so Tony Stark, he's he's he got all the technology, he's got everything. He's got he's going on the military. Let's go back to the, just the movies. I don't know the comics, so this is just the movies. You know, he gets blown up, he gets imprisoned, and then what? He needs he sees that his weapons are being used against him, and it's a very dangerous thing to happen. So his goal and want is to one stay alive, two, two get home to Pepper Potts, and three like save the rid the world of his own weapons. Okay. So, but even before his plot adventure, he still wants this thing to, he, what he wanted before was to be rich. He still give the technology to the world, give weapons. And that's the thing. But then his want changed because, you know, he saw the weapons used opposite. Even if you have I'm trying to think like not Thor, I didn't watch Thor as much, but every movie has a character just has their want before the plot even happens. Well, Sean, even not Shang-Chi, but just Sean, he was, he was the driver attendant, the valet, right? And that's all they wanted. That's all he wanted. That's all what Katie wanted. And even when they said, oh, should, you should work up, um, trying to get a better job, go somewhere else. They're like, no, this valet job's a good job. We want to stay here. That's it. If that's all you really want. I'm like, okay, you might be breaking some standards, breaking some mall minority, non-accountant uh, kind of jobs or a lawyer, but. You just want to stay a valet. You don't even want to get manager of valet or I want to drive this nice car. No, you just wanted to be a valet. Even when Katie went to go take the car, Sean was like, no, let's not do that. He's not even the action person. He's the downer. He's the one who's, I don't want to do that. His only want that the whole time is I want to get away from my father. And that's like an anti-want. That's like, I just want to get away, not a goal. He's already made that goal to get away. And so I think it's really weird that he doesn't have any, he didn't even want to date Katie. Like, give us at least that. He just said, no, we're friends. And that was it. He was not a love interest. He was not someone we we wanted to make sure he's going to get the love interest. He didn't want a kiss. He didn't want to be cool. He didn't want anything. I think that was what lacked in the character for me, was that all he wanted to do was to get out and get away from his father and make sure that he's safe, the world is safe and maybe his sister but that's but really it's like he only wants to be safe because they're attacking him not because you know from other other outside wants so external wants if it was like the green goblin taking mary jane right it's like oh that's, that is the girl it's not only a person it's the girl he wants there was none of that i think that was kind of weird he might have a friend as katie but it's not it's just a want as a friendship and i think that i don't know that kind of bugged me in that he's still not a romantic character he didn't get the girl at the end whereas most of the heroes do in some way and i think that's what bothered me it wasn't even his acting it was just the writing that's that was kind of that was one of my one of my bigger plot points we'll, i'll get to another one later but yeah if anyone wants to disagree with me please feel free to disagree this is what the conversations are for tell me what your thoughts are and how those things brought up we can open up for comments before we go back to james and go to keith but does anybody have a dissenting opinion or agreement opinion on that well you know what i'll i'll say that you presented something that i wasn't thinking about i think oh yeah you're right you're, you're right about that Sorry. yeah Sorry. i have another yeah. opinion we'll get back to later uh, on towards like the ending and uh, superpower stuff but let's keep moving on keith uh, you back i think oh yes yes guy thank you oh can i say something really quick i'm sorry yeah just about that i like David, I, I didn't think about that either, but you're right. Every, yeah, every time you write, every time you, you are in, in an acting role, you think about, well, what's my objective? What's my want? My eyes to this. And you know, at the end, I thought he did get Katie, no? He rested his, he rested his that, face um, on her shoulder. That was pretty much it, right? <laughs> and that they went to the bar 
<laughs> they went to the bar and they yeah. had the fun. They're back at the bar. So again, they go back to the same place where they were before it, telling a crazy story. Obviously, it's true this time. Maybe the last one was true, but that that's it. It wasn't like, oh, you got to, you again, like David said, did they get fired from their job? No, <laughs> maybe, maybe not. Did they get a, a, no, most of the end times of the movie, what they went through in the plot helps them with their life, right? So Spider-Man, he became more, or Peter Parker became more confident to help his goal and show Mary Jane, like he can help get get her food or be on time, all that good stuff, or, you know, save the world. And that's kind of like, oh, we saved the person. But here it wasn't like, I don't know. It just, it was kind of lackluster in that part of it. And there was something else and we can come back. We're going to go with superhero, but he just didn't, you know, I think he, it wasn't that he, he didn't want anything necessarily, but he didn't want to do things, right? So he didn't want to kill his father. And that was the thing. Like, so he wants to not kill. And that's like the opposite of wanting something to do something is like less actionable. I think that's what bothered me the most. Now, and that's being nitpicky about me as being a screenwriter and stuff like that. And maybe I'm getting too analytical about it. But at the same time, that bothered me. Like, he doesn't have uh, a personal goal besides the goal of the plot. And so that's what's strange to me. But let's, let's uh, go ahead, right. Sky, and then we'll move on. I think it's... A no, I just think it's a good point. You're right. It's a, it's a really yeah. good point. Yeah. So I'm glad that you brought that up. Okay. Keith, did we get you on now? We were texting in a second. Maybe his mic is still off. Oh, there yes, we are. Yes. All right. Hey, Keith. Oh, my God. Sorry, everybody. It's all good. How are you feeling? Good to be here. I'm very good. Poor connection. No, I'm just going to assume we're it's okay fine for now. and I'm going to talk. Right. Yeah. My, my biggest reaction to the movie was similar along what you're saying, David, is that Tony Lung is great. His character was the most uh, compelling, the most dynamic. And Shang-Chi as the lead character was, I think, just a real failure. Basically on the grounds that this is supposed to be like a hero's journey or it's a Marvel movie. And Shang-Chi is not even the protagonist in his own story. He, he doesn't drive any action. He, everything happens to him. He's, completely, he's a completely reactionary character. And his dad is actually driving the action with a compelling reason. And uh, that's why I think his story was so much more interesting. And I kind of wonder about why this got through because it's fully capable of making their protagonist dynamic and driven by a purpose or driven by some goal. And Shang-Chi had none. He's a passive character in his own story. And like things happen, things happen. And I mean, a lot of things from a, so from a story wise do not make sense because his noble impulses to not be like his sister where does that even come from like like if he if his mom died so young and he was raised to be this hard person where does he learn these virtues where does he learn this morality where does he learn the sense of a greater world outside of his father's world that we just take it for granted he's supposed to have these things so he's like and also on top of that there's nothing in that character that gives you a sense of what he believes what his goals are just something that he's really uncomfortable with he's a hollow protagonist and then i think that was done on so this is where my maybe my paranoia or my prejudice against hollywood and how they deal with asian protagonists comes in because there must have been some discussion or i assume there was some way to give this character those type of qualities those driving force qualities but was that balanced against the representation discussion because he's a hollow character that the audience can put anything they want into him and he's kind of like all-purpose non-threatening good guy I mean, one of the things, though, about getting, you know, him ending up in a relationship, one of the general critiques, I think, of Marvel movies, if I can swear, is that nobody fucks. Like, like there's no sex, there's like no sexuality in Marvel movies. You know, it's Disney now. There's all kinds of like 
desire and gaze, but there's no actual lust or any kind of like non PG or chaste sort of relationships. And so that didn't surprise me too much, but even then the idea of how do you make a romantic Asian lead? How do you take an Asian actor like Simu Liu and cast him in this role that generally has been these really hunky Hollywood types. And they didn't even do that. He's, I mean, they have the one topless scene that it's not driven by him. He seems to have no opinion. I mean, his, his reaction to being topless is to shrug. Yeah. <laughs> like, what is it? What are you trying to say about this kind of character? What are you trying to say about this kind of, this kind of body being on display in this, in this way that you normally do? And they seem to say literally nothing. It's like, whatever you want it to be, it can be that. We just know that it's good and it's non-threatening and it's the hero that we're choosing. And then I, I wonder if that was on purpose for how they wanted to kind of hit all the right points with representation for like a first time out with an Asian protagonist. And then just from a story perspective, he had nothing to do except react to his dad, who was awesome. So that's my basic critique of the movie. But I still give it a C plus because I, I think it's a good functional karate movie or, or you know, movie that deals with martial arts. And, uh, you know, it, it doesn't take itself too seriously for the most part. The bus fight scene was a really good fight scene. So I think it's like an average Marvel movie, average action movie with a little bit extra because it's Marvel. The production's great. And all the actors were great. But that's yeah, my whole thank critique. You, Keith. Yeah, and I agree with a lot of that. Because I think there's, you know, again, Tony was driving the story. The father was driving the want. He had the want. He wanted to save his wife. And I think that's something to want for, right? I kind of like felt bad for him because he couldn't. He's like, that's not. You're going crazy, man. But that's what made him a dynamic character. I think that was really well done. I just wish I was like, he's not the hero. So I think that's kind of strange that we've really felt a, a lot of strength and really want an empathy for the villain more than at all of the of the hero. And going back to the taking off the shirt scene, I thought that was really weird because Ronnie Chang goes in and take your shirt off. Why? And he just does it. And then, you know, Aquafina goes, why'd your shirt off? And he just shrugs it. Like, I don't know. It's like, okay, so what was that scene for? Is if, if a scene is always for a want, a reason, this had no reason. I mean, I get the sex appeal, but they didn't even explain, like, tell us that. Give us that one line. Like, come on, the ladies want the whole thing. Give us that. We want to see that. Just even that would have made more sense than not saying anything at all. And I think that was really strange because that's the, that's the thing that's been on the, the trailers and the posters that that's, that's the shot. But to like have that scene, like not really have any sense to it, especially taking off his shirt to fight his sister. Uh, it's really strange. I just think that, okay, we could have done a little better here. Now. Yeah, I want the Asian sex appeal, but that just seems like a little far um, into it. But yeah, I agree with you, Keith. Keith, thank you for those opinions. Next, we have Danita Patterson. Danita, it's been a, a good while since I've seen you last. How are you? And you know, you've been in the industry for a long time, so... I'm really interested in hearing your opinion and if, uh, what you thought about it. Well, great to see you, David. Yes, I have been in the industry for a minute. You know, I, so first of all, I enjoy some of the uh, insights that you shared, like David and, and Sky shared, you know, you, you really introduced another topic that was really interesting. So I'm just going to, since you asked me kind of what my overall thought was, I'm going to flip it a, a bit for me. So one, I was extremely happy to see an Asian American be able to lead a box office hit because I'm always looking at how does industry get advanced and how does cultures in this industry in terms of images get advanced. So so one, I don't want to throw the baby out with the um, Asian characters 
were able to kill the box office, if you will, even in a pandemic, and exceed the 40 million projections that they made and, and do the 80-something million that weekend. I think that's really huge because what it does is it opens the door for so many more. First of all, it, it, it destroys the myth that this particular ethnicity cannot drive a box office hit. And so it's going to open the door for more, more of that to come. And I'm excited about that because, you know, I am an advocate for positive multicultural images and being that have universal appeal that can allow us to learn and, and to experience each other and celebrate our commonalities and embrace our differences. That is, you know, my company, I am totally an advocate for that. So I, I think it's a win in that area. And David, as you know, I actually love Asian American. I love Asian film. Like I, I watch a lot and some of them are my favorites because I love foreign film and have since I was in high school. So I, I, I think because I loved Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, there were some aspects, you know, that, that felt, you know, a bit like that. So I enjoy, I enjoyed the film. I saw it twice. I enjoyed it. I do think that what you shared about Shang Li's character, that he could have had you know, just a little more of that huspa, a little more, like you said it so well, so I don't even have to repeat that. I think it was a beautiful, what you pointed out, you know, around the protagonists. And I think also Keith, you know, kind of went into that. So I think industry wise, you know, it was amazing. I love Aquafina. I, I just, I like her a lot. And, and I think the humor was great. I actually like their use of going from real life to, to, you know, to, to kind of being in the, in the in the journey that they were on i sometimes when when movies do that it can be a little confusing like okay are we here are we there where are we i wasn't confused of you know kind of going from real time and kind of going into their journey i think they did a good job with that because that can be that can really be challenging and i've seen big blockbusters do a poor job with that like i did not particularly care for tenant and there's another film that was trying to do that in ways and if anything I felt a little more confused than I did really thinking that they executed well what they were trying to do I knew what they were trying to do but I didn't think they hit it the way that they could have for me I think they did a good job with that particular technique that they used in terms of execution of the film you know I what I tend to like I'm a person who a person who loves culture so that's why, you know, I'm, I'm always, you know, trying to see <laughs> what other culture films are out there and how did they land, how did, how didn't they. I found this, this conversation you guys are having interesting, too, because what I did after the film, I happened to see it the first time in Century City. And it was probably about 70 percent Asian Americans that were in the theater and and then, you know, maybe 30 percent other, including myself. And afterwards, I just was so curious because I know, you know, with Black Panther doing what it did for us in the Marvel universe, I just, you know, wanted to ask the question. So I actually stopped a couple, Keith and his girlfriend, Jessica. He was Chinese American and she was Japanese American. And I asked them, what did they think about it? And we had a really wonderful 20 minute conversation. And that conversation, you know, that he, he, Keith specifically said he wished he had seen something like this when he was a little boy. It would have changed so much of how he kind of saw himself in the world. So I just thought that was interesting for him to say that, you know, I, I know we are, we're filmmakers, so we're going to get into the, like you said, we're going to, why are you looking at the editing and the this and the that, for God's sake, you know, it was a great movie, you know, so, you know, but I, I, I think, 
I never like to lose the bigger picture, right? You know, we are experts in what we do. We have to think about the things. Everything that's been said is so valid because that's how we get better and that's how we change the world through the media that we make and make sure that we're, you know, just not shortchanging. I think Keith hit on something that was really key. You know, sometimes general market has to make things PC and has to make it a little more palatable when they're trying to introduce something in because they want to make sure that they can hit the bottom line. Whether I agree with that or not is another story. But what I'm grateful for is that it broke all of these records and, and that that is going to open the door for 15, 20 more, you know, you know, films and different genres, you know, just like Off the Boat, just like Crazy Rich Asians, you know, this coming out, I think we have to a lot of times look at the big, big picture picture because Hollywood is only looking at green. They're not always looking at our color. And when you're when 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 what you do can actually show that green, then they'll give you more chances to to really be able to bring the nuances of your color and of your ethnicity and of, you know, of the cultural aspects. So but Keith pretty much he he shared, you know, he wished he had seen this. He loved seeing a superhero, you know, that was Asian. He loved, you know, he he felt like he was seen in some ways that he could have strengths. So, you know, even though we think, you know, that the the main character could have had a lot more, he saw what he saw in that character, you know, being powerful, being strong and doing some things when he was fighting, obviously, the forces of darkness and being able to prevail over evil, which happened to be in his father and, and within, you know, behind the, you know, the the wall or whatever. So, and then she even shared, you know, it was powerful to see some of the Asian culture aspects and some of those dynamics be seen in a huge film like this. I do think that they hinted around the love aspect. They didn't go over the top with it, but I definitely, you know, like Sky shared when they walked through the fire, ring of fire together, you know, for me, it was like, okay, you know, there, you know, this is being teased for what's to come. I do think they could have pushed it a little more, especially because, you know, the grandmother was like, oh, when are you guys going to get married? You know, so you already knew, you know, and I think some things were on the nose. Someone shared that, you know, where, okay, the shirt is off. Okay, hey, why is your shirt off? Like, we really don't need you to tell us the shirt is off. We saw the shirt come off. No, so, but I, I, I think in fairness, when we look at the industry as a industry that for a long time has not had, you know, a lot of BIPOC images that have been able to win and that have been able to have the light of day to show whether they can win or lose and have a niche and a market and a following that will come whether they're of the same ethnicity or not. I think it's a big win and I think it's only going to get better. I'm glad that it was a marvel because if you can kind of go that high and see international box offices, you know, doing what it's doing, then I think, you know, it's just going to open up more doors. I went to Singapore after seeing seeing Crazy Rich Asians. I went to Singapore, Malaysia, Shanghai, and um, someplace else, I can't remember, Thailand. And so, you know, I I think it's doing, it's, it's hitting a lot of different, it's checking a lot of boxes that we may or may not realize it is, but I do think it's a game changer for for what's to come and so but I did like it I think there's some things that could have definitely changed I went and saw it twice I do not spend my money on a movie twice (laughs) in the same weekend if I don't like it so I did like it but I am also here to listen because my Asian American brothers and sisters you know I'm just curious what is this for you and what is 
you know, that's when that, that conversation was so beautiful that I had. We talked for 20, 25 minutes, literally, in the lobby area of the movie. And I could see, I, I'll say this last thing, and thank you for obliging me with the stage. I had a lot to say about it, obviously. I saw a number of my brothers and sisters who were Asian American, who were back a little more. And I have to tell you, what I said to Keith is what I felt I could have said to all of them. I'm really proud for you to have this moment. And I'm glad that you can have this moment. And I hope you have many, many more because it's only going to get better from here. So I'm Danita and I'm done speaking. Wow, Danita. Thank you. Thank you for sharing the, your, your, just your story about it. Because I feel like I want to hear from other people who aren't Asian. I don't actually hear a lot of comments and uh, hearing from other people and talking about it because I hear a lot of Asian community. But to see other people, you know, from other communities and other 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 perspectives is really important for me to see how it's being it's being received. And I agree. I think this whole thing is like I'm not here to bring it down. I think it's just we're gonna talk about it honestly. But I loved it. You know, it, it, like sorry, love is a little strong for that, <laughs> but I really liked it. Uh, I enjoyed it. I had good fun. I laughed. I there was a good moments, family moments, uh, just personal moments. There's great things to take from it each in each each faucet. Even you know how many times have we seen how many martial arts films all over the world, all over you know every year. There's like five, ten that keep coming out. And it becomes a trope. But I actually really liked it in this one. Not only was it really energetic and dynamic and so fun, it was very, very different. And especially for a Marvel film, sometimes the Marvel actions are kind of weird. And they, they cut on the action for to safety and all that and other films. But this one, they did not do that as much. I thought that was really well done. It makes me want to go back into training and do really cool and not feel like people are going to look at me like, Oh, you're another another Asian kid doing martial arts and kind of make fun of it. I actually will feel a little more proud, and I feel like people are like ooh, Chang Chi's over there. Yeah, I might be called <laughs> might have more instead of being called Jackie Chan or Mr. Miyagi, I might be called Chang Chi, which <laughs> but at least it's like not a. Whereas Jackie Chan's kind of like a funny character or funny dad kind of character, Mr. Miyagi was the funny character, comic relief of a uh, crowded kid. But at least Chang Chi is like powerful, and I think that's that makes me feel good too so as much as it's, it has its own th problems and can continue to get better and that's every movie can, can do that but it did a lot for the community not only for being proud of our culture being proud to see us on screen and seeing a hero that looks like us to a to a degree you know east asian chinese and like it's not me but to a degree like to see other community members be really strong and then be proud about it and see really good storylines and strength i think that's really important so yeah, I think it, there's a lot to be said and, and be proud of, of this film. And that's what this room is here for, too. So thank you. David, can I just add one last thing? Yes, I'll be yes. short on this. But, you know, just to what your comment was, it also, I mean, I actually have, you know, a number of Asian American friends here in, in the U.S., but it also made me even ask deeper questions about the culture and have a curiosity that I'm exploring. And so I think that's the other, you know, good thing that comes out of this. Like you shared, you know, you're going to embrace that martial art. Like a lot of times that's been objectified by, you know, markets or entertainment. But it's kind of interesting, like, you know, like for me, my question was, why is the dragon such an important symbol within the Asian, you know, culture? You know, like I just I had different questions that make me on my cultural exploration of different cultures. It actually, you know, was like, oh, I want to find a little more about this. I want to ask some friends about this. I ask some friends about that. And so I think, you know, 
as we are also trying to cut down all of this difference and you stand over here and I stand over here and, and I'm this and you're that, like, I think I love difference. So I'm not afraid of difference. So I, I think it, it did that for me. Like it did that internal thing for you of, you know, even not feeling the objectification, but seeing the beauty of how it was incorporated, you know, within this overall experience of this movie. So, yeah, I just wanted to share that as well. That that could be a that could be a win for other cultures, other ethnicities being able to respect, want to learn or learn different things that they're seeing because someone is doing some show and tell and letting us know who you are, not someone else superimposing this is who you are and objectifying. But I think it also goes to Keith's point too. There are also those problem areas of can you let them fully be themselves? Because they're fully lovers. They're fully, you know, everything that, that we are as well. And so, but it's a start and I celebrate it for that. I'm Tina and I'm done speaking. Hi, this is Kiki. Uh, I'm not sure if, I, if you guys going to um, bit, in order and whatnot. Yeah. Oh, I just love what Danita said. I am so touched to hear what she said. And I just loved it. As someone in her mid-50s, to see an Asian superhero marvel, at least to be in the movies, it just makes me so proud. Because I did not have that growing up. And to see, you know, like a minority of actors and actresses now it just makes me proud, you know, and I wish I had that growing up. And so, Danita, from what you said, is just beautiful. And to have a mixture of friends, you know, and that's that. that. Thank you, Kiki Dunn. Yeah. Thank you. you no, know, this is really good. And I think it's a proud moment for a lot of us. Yeah. And think about, you know, and for opening up other conversations, like, it's, like Danita said, like asking more about the dragon. And I think that's another conversation to have, too, is like, you know, as much as we can say this is Asian or Asian American film you know it's a chinese american film right this, a lot of the culture doesn't respect not respect it's not the right word it doesn't reply to me as a, a japanese american and, and uh, vietnamese americans Hmong americans all, all so many other asians you know this is it's a moment for us as a community to see asians but it's also you know doesn't doesn't it doesn't notify all of us doesn't Put on it's specifically Chinese backgrounds and, and cultures and the even the imagery and the legends of different things very Chinese so it's just something to think about and that there will never be and I hope there it'd be really weird that there isn't perfectly Asian American film because there is no one Asian American right we're all very different if it's really hard to see that because even if as a fifth generation Japanese American, I feel very Asian American because I'm, I grew up as an American and had to relearn from, from the internet and, and community members, like how to be, or what is a Japanese American. But even then, like I respond much more to the Japanese American culture than even Japan, but also not of other, other Asian Americans. So you know, there's this the other the other Marvel superhero the kind of building is a Tegugi is like the a Korean Korean superhero. It's like flag. I think that's really cool, and I think that's very distinct to Korean culture. But are we ever? How will the new universe of Marvel and embracing Asian Americans in their in their superhero? What would that look like? You know, I think that's an interesting conversation to happen in the future, especially with their whole what if series, which I think. I, it's fantastic, but let's let's keep moving on. Bill, Bill Tung, it's good to see you. And how are you? And tell us back in the Shang Chi, how are you feeling? What would you think about the movie? Hey, David, thanks for hosting the room, having me on stage. Good to see some old friends. The other David, Sky, 
Kiki and Ernest and Henry's being uh, very uh, quiet down in the audience as usual. Yeah, yeah. So you have to get his ass up here and get his comments. So, but no, it was, listen, it, it was, you know, I, I, I have watched Michelle Yeoh and Tony Leung my entire life going back to my God, I think back into the eighties and nineties. So it was great to see the two of them and to see some new faces, Aquafina and, and, and whatnot come on as well and Simo Liu who uh, I think is originally he, he, I think he was born in Harbin northern China but grew up in Canada but uh, nevertheless I, I think it was great the representation and just spot on Danita thank you for your comments I, I, I agree with you spot on with that would I go see it again probably not you know I, I gave it a rating of like three and a half out of five so seven out of ten maybe I'm being a bit harsh just two things that sort of question in my mind I, I didn't understand Ben Kingsley's role in the movie, he came on there and I said, oh my God, Mahatma Gandhi's here. And so, and then, then the other one was, you know, Tony Leung's role as the father. I mean, he's in China and he's wearing this button down white shirt and trousers. I'm like, well, okay, I'll be picking here, but that sort of stuck in my mind that why is he wearing Western clothing as opposed to maybe a Chinese shirt or something like that. But I thought that was kind of, yeah, it was something that I noticed. But I enjoyed the film. I watched it with my wife and daughter, just like so. So still fresh in my mind. But yeah, the Ben Kingsley role sort of stuck in, out in, in my head as well. But yeah, great representation for our community. And from what I've seen, it, it's doing very well at the box office. So let's hope it breaks records and continues to do really, really well. And that will show the powers that be that control Hollywood and the finances is that there is a demand that hopefully crosses over ethnicities here in the United States for us to see more. So thanks. Yeah, thank you, Bill. I think uh, what you bring up about the clothing, too, like I didn't notice that. So that's not a that's a thing. But if you're, you know, I want to look I'm going to look up the production designer and the costume people, because I think that would have been if that's tripping you up you know it's tripping somebody else up, right? And how how much more could have been more representative? 80s is what, if he's doing 14 years back then, he was 14, he was 20. So think about like late 90s, maybe. So go 20 years. That's when the style was, was, what was that style? Was it that button up shirt? Was it not? What was it in China? You know, that's that's kind of a question to bring up. And, you know, hopefully someone who who did a, some fact checking, some some additional things that's what you would want to see i think that was one of the problems with mulan was that there you know everybody the whole creative team was white and so they went to europe to chinese museums <laughs> and that's where you fail that's where you get a, a really big issues and uh, mishaps when you're doing geisha makeup on a chinese woman that doesn't make any sense so if you're doing same thing with clothing that doesn't make a lot of sense either. So no, it's, it's, those are good points to bring up too, is how, how are we going to keep continuing to do more, not even authenticity, but you know, bring more representation into things, even if that would have been an acceptable thing to wear. Can we elevate the culture a little more and put little more tidbits in there? Again, even going back to the writers, like I wish there was at least one more Chinese American writer inside the whole thing and a woman to just have have more representation in, behind the scenes in the writers and, and create these characters i'm i was trying to look at it like i don't think they broke the made the bechdel test i think all the women were still talking about men i think there was one scene with two women that was it and i just it worked, what are we doing it, and for me like the movie kind of felt rushed you know i think that was i don't know i heard someone i literally heard someone behind me in one of the rows they're like fast and i was like yeah, it just feels like everybody's in so much exposition. It's really fast. They just told us everything. I get they want to tell us a lot of things and there's a lot of 
backstory, but just felt like it was really rushed into different things. Yeah. So there's more, we have more to come up to, but let's keep, let's keep moving on. Kiki, it's nice to have you. How are you doing today? And, you know, tell us your thoughts. What about the... Oh, thank you for having me up. Hi, David. Hi, Sky. They're, they're my, my, hey. and Bill, my, my clubhouse buddies. Hey. Uh, yes. Yay. Yay. I... I enjoyed it. Okay. All right. When I first saw it, I loved it. I mean, is it five out of five? Is it 10 out of 10? I'm not sure. But then I started talking to, you know, the people in Clubhouse and they start like asking certain questions and then I go, oh, that's right. Because, you know, because of like the storyline wise, I guess maybe it could be more, more deeper, more, um, more into it. But I guess I was just so excited about seeing the movie that I just, you know, like I like the storyline. Yes, you know, maybe did they need more in depth to it, but at the same time, I found that they did the movie really good. Like they didn't give everyone, like you know, like the hocus, like the accents and whatnot. Like they're just, they're not like, oh, you know, because of this, you know what I mean. And so I love that, and and I'm not sure if I, I wish they did kind of give like a romance for you know for the shan chi and whatnot but but maybe on the next film right <laughs> hopefully and and i love the fact that they cast all the people that they did everyone did great and i really enjoyed it is all the action and and how how he came to be where he's at and whatnot and so i did like that and and i'm looking forward to you know part two you know especially like at the end end like you know like i was wondering about this sister which you know it's like like some strong woman now that's coming up and with coming to marvel like i'm so happy that they have shan chi as an asian male as a superhero it's awesome because we never had that like a asian male role model for all the young boys there and in this you know marvel at that so that makes me so proud and so now i'm hoping to have like a female uh, marvel superhero coming out you know so yeah, that's Kiki done. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. I, I hope that there's more female Asian superheroes. I know there's Silk. I think she's uh, Korean or Vietnamese American. She's like a spider spider woman type deal. I think that's coming out soon. I think I heard someone was still making that. And I believe, oh, and I wish there was more about, There's I, I was reading some other Instagram posts today and there was other Asians that I didn't notice in the um, Marvel Universe. I knew the other, the other Asian woman in the guardians of the galaxy the one who can control minds and emotions and then there's there's a she she hulk coming up uh, with Jam- jamila jamil i think oh okay and i think Gemma chan was in captain marvel and i was like i don't remember her character i have to go watch it again but she was another alien that was kind of strange I, I i think that will be another kachik that i would have those that if they're making all the asians aliens i know right why are they doing that? there's a comic book that i used to read I, I still have it somewhere and her character i'm not sure if she's marvel or not but her character is she s-h-i and she and she uses the sword i'm not sure if she's a bad guy or not but i just remember i was just excited to see a comic book with you know an asian character on it and it was s-h-i she maybe that one too yeah that'd be interesting so we'll we'll see what 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 rises in the hopes and and how people continue as long as we know we broke the box office this time so you know as long as they keep doing this kind of stuff and continuing to improve you know and keep trying that's the best thing right as long as they're trying to do more and we'll keep coming support out i'm i'm i'd be excited to go watch another one i'd be excited to see shang chi chu and all the other stuff so i think 
yeah like black panther like black panther and then and then shan chi is like oh my gosh it's like yeah it's amazing. I, and i hope here's the thing that's my hope and my also my worry is that shang chi and it's the this was the origin story right now if they put it and put him into other story like a, a guardians of the galaxy or um sorry just an avengers type 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 deal and he's always one of the many characters Okay, then he'll be the only Asian in the room. Like maybe him and, and Katie, right? So, you know, if they're doing the whole Legends of the Ten Rings and where do these Ten Rings come from, let's go back, you know, thousands and thousands of years, which will be cool. But I hope that this isn't a one-off, right? I hope that there's more of his story. Black Widow had hers. I think there was another film of hers as well. I believe, right? Iron Man had three or four films. Captain America had three or four films. Marvel is getting to two at least. I think Black Panther is doing another one. Like there's other films that are coming out that are sequels. But I hope, I mean, there's that, there's the, the tension that the sister building that empire, but it felt weird that if the sister's going to be the enemy, what is her reason behind the enemy when they just save their father to their save the whole world together. It doesn't seem like she would be the enemy. I know like, that's what they're kind of alluding to, but or that she's building her own empire, but who is she the enemy of whom? It seems really weird. And I don't know, I, I'd hope there'd be more and that there get more in depth and, because it really just wasn't, it felt like very wrapped up at the end. I don't know, hope more. But thank you, thank you for that, Kiki. Let's see, I think Sheridan's next. Sheridan, how are you? How are you doing? Hey, how you doing, Nero? Sheridan from San Francisco. Sorry, I haven't seen the movie yet. I'm just listening in, so you're in the room. Yeah, so I, you know, but yeah, I mean, I, you know, I'm a screenwriter. Okay, so I've written 18 screenplays and um, working on some, looking at doing maybe an epic with the Asian Americans in it. So, but it's still in the early stages. I'm writing a novel series about San Francisco. I have some you know, Asians there. And I wrote a screenplay, anti-Asian hate <laughs> screenplay about Chinatown with the seven woman warriors defending Chinatown. And so I just wrote that screenplay. So I'm writing a lot of screenplays with multicultural characters. Uh, I have African American, Japanese characters. Most of my characters are bicultural, multicultural, because in San Francisco, most of my friends are nowadays. So that's kind of where I'm coming from. And usually I populate the people based on character type, not necessarily race. And I just kind of populate it. And I say, oh, part Latino, part, you know, whatever. And it's based on all my friends. So it, I don't have to make stuff up. I just observe how they act and how they think. And I'll ask them, well, what do you think about this? And then they'll tell me. And then I'll say, okay, I got a Latino version or a native version or whatever, you know, based on what they say when I ask them about a type of character. So that's, I tend to be rather eclectic. I don't want to get caught into the Asian American only because it's kind of niche, too niche for me. And plus, most of my friends are not quote, pure Asian American. They're like kind of bicultural, multicultural. So that's kind of where I'm coming from. Thank you, Sheridan. Yeah, there's just, um, yeah, what, are you, what is the multiculturalness of that? I would have loved to see other other Asian races that would have been interesting too like the multiple and differences and because those are funny moments too it's like someone speaking a, a um candor uh, man, mandarin or Cantonese I'm like I'm Vietnamese <laughs> I don't understand that would be really cool to see and how this could be an, an Asian American diaspora film that would have been interesting yeah yeah I mean little background I'm multilingual I speak well English is my mother tongue I speak Japanese a lot of people think I grew up in Japan because it's pretty good I speak French and Spanish so you know, I kind of 
kind of understand the multilingual, multicultural thing. And I meet a lot of Asian Americans or Asians to say, you know, Vietnamese in Paris or London or whatever. So they're kind of like multicultural. I'm quite, I'm meeting quite a few nowadays. And what I'm trying to do is capture that. Like, for example, my mayor of San Francisco, her name is Tiffany Wong Gonzalez. She's a, a Navy pilot from the mission father's from Hong Kong, was secret agent, ops, Vietnam, in Asia, ran off with a woman in Asia, and then the mother's Latina. Okay, so she goes naval pilot, she goes to Stanford, she's a gamer, goes to Stanford computer science, she's a jock, she wins the mayorship, and she's going for the presidency. That's the kind of character I run, kind of a superhero, but politician. Yeah, it would have been good to see uh, a multi- cultural multi and not even multi-ethnic just like multi uh, being in america how how much different they learn of being instead of just asian you know and different ethnicities think they've been in, living in different places so that's a good point we're gonna go back to making sure yeah. we're on uh, the topic of shang chi that's what the room is here for we're gonna have a conversation i'm gonna reset the room for you know we have a couple more people in here also forgot to so i apologize the title of the room didn't have the thing but we are recording this episode and we'll be putting it on our podcast and making sure they have transcripts as well so if you don't want to be recorded either let me know and i'll delete you from the thing but if you have a problem i just want to make sure because i have to verbalize that because it didn't go in the title which is a shame i'm still using this thing but you know it's really good for people to i know some disney people who want to listen to this and they're like i'm just busy right now so they have to go on clubhouse so we want to make sure that we're able to have this have this conversation because disney is listening and if we want them to hear what we're talking about and how we have our honest reviews of the film that's they want to hear that so this is a, this is a place for having but we're going to move on i think it's coven coven is next how are you doing hey how are you doing sir thanks david and, and hi to all the speakers that's very glad to have opportunity to speak right here i've been watching the the clubhouse a couple of discussion about shang chi it's it's very interesting with the, all the conversation i've been here so far especially it seems like quite a lot of your books are, are in the business so um in the film business all related so it's very um nice to to hear a different perspective about it because i myself is more like a fan just just a, a movie goer so to me when i first heard some i think i have a very mixed feeling the reason to say that is because i'm pretty sure everybody's i remember uh, a few years back netflix had a tv series called iron fist iron fist to me wasn't a very a good representation um, of the story they're trying to tell so i'm very i'm kind of a you know afraid Shang-Chi is my going to fall into that the same outcome. But when there's more clear about the actor, actress they recruited to have in this movie, it it seems like to me that Marvel was really trying to make this into the best they can. And plus, when I first see the trailer, I saw the Ten Rings and how it actually reflects on another uh, Kung Fu movie about, I think, 10, 15 years ago. It's a, I think in America it's called Kung Fu Hostile, if I'm not remembering correctly. So it seems like Shang-Chi is, is really, they, 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 they study quite a lot about Chinese Kung Fu and they really study quite a lot of background and they're trying to bring all this, you know, to, to their MCU right here. But at the same time, it also gave me another feeling that I had the reference about the video game, which is World of Warcraft. In one of the expansion, they brought the, the, the panda people into their world. To me, Shang-Chi made me have a very similar feeling that Marvel right now 
because they want to lure more the audience into you know they they kind of they got to just stop an era the Iron Man MCU. So they they kind of try to either they brought the audience or they trying to you know try to figure out where they want to go. So this original movie right here, I kind of I kind of don't want them just like the Iron Fist. It just they fit, they they did such a great job. They 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 produce such a good movie, but there's no others. It just like die right there. Okay, sorry, this is like one of the story. You know, we we've been telling you guys, you guys like it good, but we're not interested in to produce more. That's the thing I, I was really afraid about because they used so many well famous actor actresses and produced this movie right there. But it, it just had I just had a little feeling right here. So to me, it's it's a really good movie. I like it. It's it's better than what I was expecting, but I'm also at the same time like what I say I'm afraid about. I don't know where this one want to go, so I'm done speaking. Thank you for having. Yeah, again, like I I like the movie. It was enjoyable. Had a lot of good points, and so I'm definitely gonna watch it on Disney Plus again when it comes out in, in like their month or so because it's just good fun. And I'm gonna make sure my dad goes watch it. And like he might not go to the movie theaters, but he'll watch it on if it goes on free and that's his that's his deal but yeah it, it's a it's a great film i also hope that i hope that he gets his own video game like i don't play video games anymore and i, I can't i don't have the attention span for it but like i keep seeing these marvel video games come out and like waiting for the shang chi character i know in a few of the games even though it's an iphone game or something i know someone said you can download shang chi now but i'm like i want him to have his own video game i think that would be super cool and that's something we could talk about too before we move on to harmony and real quick is that the marketing of the film i i have i know i think it it was needed like the thing about the other asian films and a lot of asian films because a lot of them are indie films is that there's not enough marketing for it we don't see posters we don't see trailers we don't see uh, big press deadline hollywood uh, hollywood reporter all these things we don't see buzz going around all these asian films even though they're coming out all the time literally the same day shang chi came out september 3rd yakuza princess and mogul mowgli came out this both came out the same day and i had, i actually went to go see yakuza princess in theaters on the screen the one of the the actor uh, actress was there and it was pretty small i mean i enjoyed it a lot but nobody else really knew about it i only knew about it because of asian hustle network so like i wish but everybody knew about shang chi because there's so much marketing there's so many posters and reviews and articles which is good it's good for that film but i really wish they'd either one help the others help the other projects get off the ground i understand it's money thing but also like you can help other people but i don't know i felt like shang chi especially the last two weeks before the lead up to it it's like it was shoved into my eyeballs <laughs> i just it was just everywhere and i was like okay i'm tired of it i just want to watch it and get it over with and because i already watched it early i was like oh my god okay okay i see it Yes, I'm going to go watch it. And I couldn't turn on my, and I was also going through burnouts. I was also just very negative, but but like everywhere on Instagram was Simu was everywhere. <laughs> Everybody had a photo of him at some point. I think it's it's good for the marketing part of it, but it was also just a lot. I felt like they rushed it all into the last two weeks. And I know that's probably a marketing thing to those last two weeks are really important, but I don't know. It was almost too much to a to degree. But I also think that the toys are really cool. I saw the one one sixth uh, models that they made, which I was like, that's really detailed. The hair looks really 
cool. But also like the faces and the eyes, I'm like, oh my gosh, it looks like them. I don't see a lot of one sixth really well done Asian characters and Asian action figures like that. I think that was really cool. And if I had a kid, I would buy toys like that too. And I'd hope that they'd want toys. I would want toys like that. I think that's super cool. And then, you know, I think that kind of stuff is cool. And I actually saw that scene where I'd done an unboxing of the Xbox. I was like, okay, that's cool too. Although it was glitchy, and so I never saw it. <laughs> the whole video was glitchy as hell. Just to make an Xbox version for Shang-Chi, that's pretty cool. So they had a lot of good marketing, good tools, good reviews and products that came from it. So I think that's that's something that was really well done. Even though it was a lot, I think that's the way to kind of do it too. I also really liked and appreciated that they made one of the posters in Cantonese or one of the languages. I was like, when it's written in those languages, that speaks to a different audience. But it also, even for someone who can't read it, like myself, I was like, that's representation, right? It's not that it's in English in Shang-Chi. Like, Shang-Chi is not an English name. <laughs> so, it is, I mean, it's a made-up name too. But it's also just like to see it in, you know, characters is really cool. And I think more Asian films can have that. Not only does it bring in a different audience, but I hope that it, it speaks to people a little more i would hope that other places i hope when disney plus comes out that because i also heard that this is not being played in certain chinese areas but i hope that in unlike mulan that the subtitles are actually in cantonese and mandarin all those languages because that's part of your market whereas mulan they left out chinese languages and so that's a big fail for for your representation and language justice even if you're not in china People who are in America who can read those languages or who can't speak English, who can't understand English, need subtitles. So make sure you have them. That's a that's a huge thing for language justice and, and people who just can't speak English. And so that's a really important thing to hope that that gets that also gets fixed and, and added included to it. But yeah, and I'll, I'll come back to some more opinions after. But we have Harmony. Harmony Zhang on the stage. How are you doing today? Hey, David. Oh, my gosh. It's so nice to be here today um, on Strong Asian Lead and talk with you all on Clubhouse. This is my first time joining, but I'm so grateful to have met David through a friend and to meet all of you. Hello. I'm a Chinese-American actress. I'm bi-coastal in LA and Chicago, and I am a really big fan of Shang-Chi. I have, I want to say maybe like five points just to kind of jump off of what you said and also to add some of my own little thoughts. Yeah, I think the question about like marketing is so interesting because yeah, there are so many other films out that are also highlighting Asian American artists and voices. And and I think a part of my brain when I see Shang-Chi, like posters everywhere in LA, like it sort of pen it sort it sort of makes this like pent up really good. And I and and thankfully my expectations were actually exceeded. And so I'm glad that like as an Asian American in the industry, I, I was really, really happy with the film. And but I feel like that pressure shouldn't be something that like we encourage because if we want more Asian American stories to exist and to be seen I I personally think that we should be able to let films fail and to be and to and to sort of give grace to each other and to support each other's work and not sort of put all of our 
eggs in one basket when it comes to like films but of course there's the money aspect which like I I guess I don't have a lot of insight into but yeah that's that's what I want to say about sort of the marketing and supporting Asian films and how we should not I guess I just wish that there wasn't as much pressure for big budget films to do well so that more people could be aware of all of the other films that exist and that can come into existence if we just know about them. And also going off of the the games, I saw Alan Kim, the, the the actor from Minari. He had an Instagram post of him playing with the ten like this game where you can shoot the rings from like these these wrists. And and it was really cute because Simu commented on his Instagram post, and I just thought of that when you brought up games and Shang Chi becoming games. So yeah, I also really wanted to bring up and let everyone know if it hasn't been brought up already that as a Chinese American watching this film, I really really appreciated the casting um, of this film because the actors for each age in Shang-Chi's life, all of them were were truly bilingual for English and Mandarin Chinese. And I, as a bilingual actress and person in English and Mandarin Chinese, I really, really appreciated that. And I thought the specificity that casting went through to find those actors happened more in films in general. So I really appreciated that. Also, I really appreciated the stereotypes that were basically non-existent when I watched the film. And also like the debunking of stereotypes. I really appreciated Aquafina's character's journey going through like her finding like what she wants to do or really acknowledging that she needs to focus to, well, She became like an archer at the end, but I think that was because she was determined to do something and protect her friend and take a stand. But I really appreciated her at the beginning with Simu as these valet car drivers and just figuring life out and sort of taking it day by day. And I really appreciate that coming from a family where I was supported and loved, but I always thought I would become like a doctor. And that's not my reality right now. But like, I really appreciate that. Like, we all have different stories and, and, and that they reflected that in the film. And I yeah, I hope that that continues in sequels or in other Marvel movies that Shang-Chi becomes a part of or Aquafina if she tags along just to see that continued like just specific journey for each character instead of a sort of wash of you're the Asian in the room. This is this is your line. This is the type of thing you would say. I, I, I hope that they veer away from that sort of thing. Yeah. And I lastly, I. I really loved just the whole film in general, although there there is one thing that I wish would have happened is that Shang-Chi's character, I, his arc seemed a little abrupt at the beginning. It might have to do with what you said earlier, David, about someone saying like, it seemed like the exposition was super fast. And like, all of a sudden, Shang-Chi's character, Sean, becomes this, this like, really like, adept guy who can fight off these bad guys in a bus and 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 I was like whoa where'd this come from much like I guess what Aquafina's character was going through and her character sort of had that job of like feeling what the audience is feeling but at the same time I felt like that 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 abrupt switch I didn't really see it coming in that I I wish I had seen that in in Simu's character 
in in the writing or the acting i'm not sure but something something about like his magnetism was a little lacking at the beginning when everything was moving so fast but yeah that was really long-winded but i'm really excited to be here and listen to all of you and Thank that's you, what i have yeah, to say and Thank i'd you. love to jump on that point because that's that was one of the biggest things that i had a an issue with was yeah it's like really getting grounded within his character besides that it was fast and very expositional and just so like okay we were just thrown into the plot right and so he the first couple scenes were of him you know he's at the valet he doesn't want to get in the car and then he goes in the drive katie's driving he's just being he's just a part of her life we see him at home and they go they go to uh the karaoke or whatever and that's fine it's nice and they stay out and he's funny that's cool and then he doesn't want to get his card. He goes to pick her up at the, the at her house. He says he finishes his meal. I think that was really cool. I think that was a the dinny breakfast family scene. I think was really important just for culture. Not only did he take off his shoes and stuff like that, but he also he finishes finished all his food, which I've been noticing that's a bigger thing. We going up mixed race. We didn't have like that whole like you need to eat all your food kind of thing. But I've heard that from a couple of my friends recently. I even heard it on saw online, like really eating all your food and not having food waste is also not only respectful, but really important. So I thought that whole scene was really well done, but then we go into the bus and then he's this magical person already, right? He's already got his powers and I understand his backstory is that he trained for so long to have his, his, his martial arts background. He's a master of it. But here's the thing that really made me kind of like, they really dropped the ball here. If you look at going back to the other Marvel movies and look, watch how the origin stories of their movies, let's go back to super uh, Spider-Man. <clears throat> you can even go to Superman or, or Batman, but most of those movies and stories they told when the character gets their power or they come into the power or whatever it might be that moment, the next few scenes of them having the power is them trying out their new power and messing up. Right. Even the original Spider-Man, uh, he, he's in his room trying out his new web sling and stuff. He breaks a lamp. He almost gets hit. He jumps off a building. He falls and doesn't make it like any there's a there's an element of danger that they don't know how to control their powers yet. That wasn't here. Right. It was actually literally the exact opposite. So, you know, not only did he have his martial arts background, which if he had with his backstory, it's fine. It need you need to take time. You can't just become a martial arts master uh, unless it's a superpower and or like it came into you just absorb the ghost of martial martial power which would have been a cool storyline too but that's not what it was but here's the thing when he got the rings he automatically knew how to use them right the first thing he got he gets the rings from his father i mean besides that they're fighting and i could see like them fighting and doing stuff but the minute he gets his rings afterwards he knows how to fly <laughs> he knows how to get on things and he rips the monster open how did he just know how to do that? Did the rings tell him how to do these things? It just seemed really weird that he just knew exactly how to do them. It wasn't like it hit him in the face by accident and didn't he didn't lose one of them and he has to go find them at the bottom of the ocean or something. There was no storyline with him and his powers. It was all just it all just came to him naturally. So I felt like that was there was no just element of like him trying and him trying and failing. He was only he never failed. He only exceeded he only didn't win at the when he was younger and then when his father stopped him from the other the i keep getting and never he had the guy with the mask right so he didn't win that fight but he won that fight he just got distracted and uh, whatever but everything else he didn't have this failure moment except for when they're fighting 
he fights his, his aunt. And I think that's a good story, right? He fights his aunt and he has to learn how to make that, make those powers with those transitions and be calm, not so forceful like his father. And that's good. That's the storyline we need here. I wish that was a little earlier or something, but then, and then he used it, but again, the powers and stuff, he just knew. So I thought that was a really weird thing. And I think that's what got me besides the want is that his character was just like, there was no element of, he was just perfect. And I think that's a, that's a, there's no character flaw. That was, that was kind of my thing. So, but yeah, I can keep going. I have a couple more thoughts and opinions on a couple of different things, but now that we're, and we have a couple new people. Oh, Kevin, Kevin's here. And AJ here. Let me see. Get there. Raise their hands here and talk. Yeah, Kiki. Uh, hi, this is Kiki. Why are you waiting? Um, I just want to let you know regarding marketing. I forgot to mention earlier that I did bought the action figure of the Shanxi cast. Like they have this small model of it, and I bought that. Like, nice. Yeah. yeah maybe, well, I don't collect any toys anymore, but those are pretty neat. But I think Kevin. Kevin. Kevin here, man. How you doing? I'm good. Hello, everyone. Uh, this is my first time using Clubhouse Wait, ever. So yeah, we're in the Strong Asian Lead Room. And tell us, what were your thoughts on Shang-Chi? And, you know, good thoughts, bad thoughts, you know, what, thoughts around the movie, marketing, like, you know, tell us some of uh, your opinions. I, overall, I thought it was a great, like, it was a great movie. Like, for me, the biggest thing about it was that I was following Suicide Squad. So it's like, Suicide Squad, to me, was like, the best one of the best superhero movies of all time and shang chi was really in like some of my comparisons i agreed with a lot like the want i totally agree with like he's kind of aimless i i personally like slacker a asian characters just because it's kind of out of the stereotype but like maybe this scenario compare comparing it to like captain america to tony stark you have all these you know like strongly driven characters and then there's this guy who's eh I'm I'm good I'm good and but what with the whole like how he knew how to do everything at the end stuff I feel this cause, just because I read the comics like I religiously read the comics like growing up and stuff like that he's a prodigy like he's you know kind of like Iron Man's brilliance with you know just like science he's with like physical movement martial arts and stuff like that and um like so like a lot like and I feel they kind of alluded to that a little bit but they never talked about how naturally gifted he's supposed to be at this and so like when he learned how to use the rings those cutbacks to his mom his mom taught him all the forms like as a kid and so he's supposed to retain that but then another thing like i kind of put together on the second watch was like he had those you know posters in the room like kung fu hustle and like how he knew how to do like the big move at the end that was the buddha palm at the uh, end of kung fu hustle mm -hmm. so like so like all these little things like you know kung fu hustle is like unrealistic but for you know a super prodigy like him he's able to turn that you know that fiction into his, his reality and use it i thought that was like i didn't pick it up the first time the second time i saw it like why kung fu hustle was such a prominent poster in his room and then at the end when he like you know he he buddha palms the you know the tentacle thing i was like oh so they, they do you know he is the prodigy that he is in the comics and they're kind of tapping into that without actually saying it or really like, exposing it. Like, yeah, I see that. Yeah. Yeah. Who's I that? have a Sky? question. Go for it. Sorry, Ladies. David, this is Sky. Mm -hmm. Can I ask a question? Great. Right. Yeah. You said that you're really well-versed in the, in the Marvel comics. I have no, I, I never read any of them. So I'm just wondering in the original Shang-Chi Marvel comics, is he that passive? And is that where they got it? 
or do you think that's something that they developed for the, the film? So it was more developed for the film. And the whole run away from home thing, uh, to get away from his past was still there. He's not as passive. I think that was, you know, kind of played up for the movie and everything. Even even though, like, he usually never takes a leadership role. He, he's always, like, the guy you could depend on. He Only recently is he starting to be more active. So him not trying to lead the charge or anything is pretty par for the character yeah i have no idea about the i'm not a comic book reader so like that's a you know that's if they're making that for the film that's kind of weird you know you want something you somebody who's strong again it it can get down to the writers yeah and that's it's a lot to talk about too yeah let's let's keep moving on i have a couple thoughts and i also want to move it on to this is like so many actors within the whole film we've talked a lot about you know simu and tony's characters even a little bit of aquafina and ben but you know, Men- Menger is Menger. I never heard did someone how to sp- pronounce her name. Can someone pronounce her name correctly? Munger John. Munger, this was John, like her yeah. first screen, on-screen mm-hmm. film, right? It was this one. She had other other TV series, but this is her first film, and she's done a lot of theater. I think that's really I that was a really cool. I don't know. That's just a really this like surprise surprising, but like not surprising, like. You know, I just wanted to, I want to see more of her. She was amazing. And Michelle Yao is, of course, they're just amazing in here too. So they, they brought a lot of not only great strength to the film, but a lot of good femininity and, and difference in feminism. I think that was really cool. Uh, they did a good job with that though. I will say that even though it's like five, five men <laughs> writing it, I still think they did a pretty good job with that. I think there was some, who were, oh, did AJ leave? Oh, maybe you did. My bad. Okay, so again, again, we're reset the room real quick. We're just talking honest reviews and discussion about Shang Chi. If you have an idea, thought about the movie, and criticism against it, uplift about it, like there's so many, there's so many dynamics of this, even beyond just the film and the storytelling itself. It's got a lot of, you know, controversy around different things, different characters, different actors. There's, there's controversy. People wanted to cancel the movie because you know, you know, either Simu. I know people who didn't want to watch this movie just because either Simu's old tweets. Or Aquafina's black scent. Like, there's a lot to talk about how this film was put together and the controversy around these things. But at the end of the day, it's undeniable that they made a lot of money. It was a great film. It was entertaining, but there's a lot to talk about. So this conversation can go in many different different ways, and I want to hear from anybody. But Keith, you have your microphone off. You want to chime in? I do. Yeah, I think this has been so fantastic, and I appreciate what everyone is saying. But I want to ask a couple of general questions in. And how this film is, you know, doing a lot of amazing things in that sense. And I have possibly some, well, I would say some criticisms around that just to challenge it even further. So one, I would, we talk about how this is, this film has been a great representation or is doing things in a representation space. But I question, is it? The film, does it do any outside of the nerd aspect or the like, you know, the math hardworking aspect of characters? Does this film step outside the realm of martial arts, strict parents, you know, the kind of mystic connection with nature? And what we've talked about Shang-Chi as a lead character and kind of the unchallenging aspect of him. Is there anything about him as a character and as a lead character that challenges any ideas or brings new ideas to how Asian lead roles can be represented in Hollywood? I think Aquafina's character is a little better in that sense. But along with that, all the female characters are in service of a basically unmotivated male who just is supposed to be destined to this powerful leadership position. Now, I understand at the end, it's different with his sister. She takes a leadership role. 
But the journey is not about her. I mean, in many ways, the story of a sister is a much better story. I mean, like she's the one that stays there and deals with stuff and makes this thing of herself, takes power at the end. But it doesn't, I don't think it challenges people's imagination about how you represent Asian or Asian men in cinema and storytelling. Certainly not in the same way I feel something like uh, Minari did. Even Minari just having a scene with him going to a Christian church is pretty radical representation, I feel. So in terms of how Shang-Chi plays in the greater culture of like film and all that kind of stuff, I think that is a very big breakthrough. But in terms of the actual characters in the story it portrays and the ideas about Asian identity and Asian stories, does it really represent something outside of what has already been seen before, even in small ways? I mean, even the idea that this whole world of Asian identity and culture exists separate from America, separate from the West, you don't have to, you don't have to think about integration to appreciate the story they're telling. Does that matter or not? Like, uh, the final question, too, is if this movie is not a Marvel movie, is it the same experience? Is this really about a film that is progressing the representation and representation of Asians? Or is it about a company as big as Marvel, you know, investing in that story? Are those things in conflict? I wonder what people think about that. I, I, I'll, I'll chime in here. My, my two cents, you know, what sort of struck me was here was the son and the daughter defying their father. That's a very non-Chinese, very non-Asian traditional thing to do. Your father tells you to jump, you start jumping. And the both of them, I mean, Shang-Chi, he defied his father. He was sent to America to kill the, the, the killer of his mother. And he, he defied his father's orders. And uh, the daughter ran away, right? So that, there you go. There, there you go. Something there that's rather non-traditional, quite frankly, that uh, goes against uh, traditional Chinese-Asian values, if you will. And yet your point about Minari in that film that they went to a Christian church. Well, you know, in, in Korea, like half of the population, there are more Christians than uh, Buddhists in Korea. So that, that wasn't such a big deal in, in my mind, if, if I misunderstood what you were saying about that point. But, yeah, um, sorry, let me, yeah. let me clarify that point. Not that it happened, it's that it's the integration of the Christian Asian population with the Christian rural American population. Not that it happened. It's that it's making a point to show that these, that this, you know, representation in your Western idea of church does exist also within the Asian community. Not that it is a thing, because of course that's a thing, but in how it's how religion and Christianity is is that that's what I meant by that. Gotcha. Yeah, but I think just you know the, the point of Shang Chi and his sister defying the father as again it was sort of a non traditional story theme there. So I thought that was all right. Yeah, and this is Kiki, and I also the part about them being valet people like that's kind of non well from my experience like it's non stereotype also. Otherwise, they'll be, you know, doing something like studying mechanical engineering or doctor or whatnot. And and for Alcafina's position, like of not knowing what she wanted to do yet, you know, it's like usually the parents force them to know what they want. Like, you're going to do this, you're going to do that. But she chooses the route like, well, I don't know what I want to do yet. So this is what I'm going to do. So that's so that's non-stereotype on that part. Thank you, Kiki Dan. Uh, hi there. My name is Chi Wang. Uh, in the clubhouse, in the Chinese community, I'm known as Captain China because I created a character, Captain China. Also, I've worked for Marvel comic book in the past. So, Keith, I 
wanted to respond after you asked the question. Is it a good representation? And to be honest, I think on some level it is because it is getting, you know, Asian actors out in the open right now in front of, you know, the public. But in terms of actual culture and theme, I've always felt that when you put martial arts or Kung Fu into any Asian related film, I always feel like they're perpetuating a stereotype that, you know, that just kind of keeps on going and going. And one of the most interesting thing about martial arts genre is that a lot of people in the Asian culture or Chinese culture would claim that this is part of our heritage, this is part of our culture. But the martial arts genre actually didn't start until the 1960s. Before that, you know, it was it was not really a popular novelization or source of entertainment in Chinese culture. And the funny thing about the martial arts genre was that it first became popular in Hong Kong. And it was kind of serializing newspaper as a form of, you know, simple, entertaining storytelling. And it's always sort of designed as an escapism from reality. Because if you ever look at those martial arts novels and some of the TV shows that they used to produce in Hong Kong and even in Taiwan, they kind of set place in the ancient past. And we still see a lot of movies related to that. And that's because in most Chinese entertainment, they cannot comment on the current culture. So, you know, when I, when I was creating the character Captain China, I was always aware of, okay, can we get around that stuff? You know, because it's kind of a, overall, a martial arts genre is a misrepresentation of the Chinese culture itself. So when I was creating the character, I really look at where it is, we are as a culture, where we come from, what is real heroism in the Chinese culture? What's interesting in most Chinese martial arts film is that they present the hero who is almost infallible, and he's fighting off a foreign invasion um, of some type, whether it's Japanese or Westerner or European of some sort, that they come to kind of want to impose their status upon the Chinese people. And then you have one guy with his incredible skills, you know, fights off all of these foreign ideals. But that's not really the actual Chinese culture because we know how China was taken over by the Japanese, you know, before World War II. And then during World War II, there was, you know, millions and millions slaughtered and killed in the process. So there was never an actual incident in history where somebody stood up against these kind of oncoming slaughter. And you can even trace back in the early dynasties when you have the Mongolians came, you know, with Genghis Khan that took over one dynasty over another. So when I was creating Captain China, my presentation to the hero idea was to have somebody that can actually just endure all these, you know, harsh sort of political social status that was kind of dumped on the individual and just press on through his own understanding and good nature. And that's kind of kind of what I feel about it, you know, when I talk about to people about what I've seen in terms of even not just Hollywood movie, but even in Asian cinema itself. Yeah, and I guess another way to put my rant or another way to ask me to put my question is, do we think this movie opens up does it do we think this movie makes space for better representation of Asian stories? Or is it saying as long as we acknowledge the space that we already, you know, have it, that it exists in and that it has existed in, there's a lot of money to be made. And is that an important difference to draw? I think there's a lot of money to be made right now. What's interesting was I was in another room discussing this a few days ago, and I, you know, and they say, "Wow, it's so great! We finally have our representation. We finally have our hero." 
I said, but if you look back in the early 2000s, there was actually a rise of Asian culture and actors and directors, you know, that was coming in where Jackie Chan was, you know, in America making movies like Rumble in the Bronx, you know, and Rush Hour. And you even had Chao Yong-Fat who was coming and starring some major movies as a lead actor in the non-artial arts form, uh, non-artial form arts positions, such as the Kina Anna. And we have also Ang Lee who was directing a, a non-Kung Fu movie such as The Incredible Hulk and Brokeback Mountain. But we've actually kind of, but that kind of, you know, sort of popularity and, and rise kind of came to a stop probably around the mid-2000, early 2000s, and then it kind of went through a decline. Because the major the major superhero genre came in, and now we've kind of circled back to that again. It's kind of how I look at it. Yeah, well, <clears throat> well, I see it is that well, Hollywood. The thing about Hollywood is they don't want to take risks, right? And the idea that right, they don't want to spend a whole bunch of money yes. to get it back, right? That's the biggest. It's, it's a business. It's an industry. That's how it works. Where I see other films have fallen off is that they don't. Nobody goes to see it, right? Again, going back to the marketing. If nobody knows it exists, no one's going to watch it. So something like Ride the Last Dragon, even heard this, even this was like, you know, last year, or even this year, that it was mainly word of mouth. There wasn't a whole bunch of posters. There weren't a bunch of trailers going on, everything. My dad, parents watched normal TV, and I didn't see any trailers for it that much. It wasn't blasted like Shang-Chi was. I was literally riding my bike in L.A., and I heard some white woman look at a bus that had Zhang Chi on. He's like, oh, I really want to watch that. I'm like, that's interesting because I never heard that before. right? And that's the difference. And so a lot yes, of people would go yes. watch it. So I think it's not even about putting the money into the film. It's, it's, it's all about the money at the end of the day. So when I feel like the studios might put some money into the production or the animation, do that. So one, they don't want they want to make sure it's doing well so they put that in there but then they don't always market correctly or they don't market at all and so then nobody goes to see it but because because most of the studios or either asian films haven't like a lot of asian films whether independent or studio even semi-studio they'll come out but they don't have a whole bunch of trailers they don't have enough marketing so nobody goes to see it so then they say asian films don't sell but it's only they didn't sell because you don't know how to sell it a salesman can sell anything, right? But if you don't, they don't know how to sell it. Yes. Then it's not going to work. So I think they did this really well. And I think it's not even, if we want to use Bob Kochek's uh, phrasing, it was an experiment of the marketing. I think that's the biggest thing is like, okay, like if they put enough money into the marketing of it, are people going to watch it? It's because they know it's aware of it, right? I literally am watching and binge watching right now All American Girl with Margaret Cho, right? Yes, Margaret Cho. Right, really, really fast because nobody watched it. But I'm actually watching now. Like, yeah, it's still a little problematic and there's some tropes and whatever and stuff like that, whatever. But I'm watching it and I'm like, this is really fun. <laughs> it's a really funny show. It's something I would have watched in the 90s, but I never knew about it. It was one of the, those things that no, had no marketing. And even now, it's like, you know, like most people haven't watched it. You can go buy a DVD of it on Amazon, like 10 bucks, or you can watch it. And it which I just, <laughs> literally just dropped out like last week. So I found all 19 episodes, but it's there. It's funny. It, and if you, I don't know if anybody, if anybody watched the first episode or watches it, I think it's hilarious because the pilot episode is shot in the, the same house that Corey Matthews from Boy Meets World. And I think it's hilarious. So, uh, but it's definitely something to watch. But again, no marketing. Nobody knows about that show. Not, not People know about it, but have they watched it? Well, I think 
what you bring up is very similar to what Keith has brought up earlier. Would Shang-Chi do right. well if mm-hmm. it didn't have the Marvel brand behind it? And, and I think that's a very good question. And of course, at this point, we'll never know. But if you ask me, we go back to the early days, you have movies like Jackie Chan's Rumble and Bronx came out. That was a box office smash. Rush Hour was box office smash. And I remember one of his lesser known first, yes. you know, I saw trailers and advertisement that I got really excited because that was the time when Batman Beyond was on TV as a cartoon series. And I said to my friend, my God, this is Batman Beyond, but it's got Jackie Chan with a casino. I can't wait to go see that. When I actually saw it in the theater, I saw the story was kind of wonky, so I was disappointed after that. So I thought at one point there was, you know, I think they know how to market, you know, to Asian films and all that. But I really think the since the rise of the superhero genre is skewed the way Hollywood promote movies and how they make movies, because now they have to do these gigantic tempo movies. That's the cinematic universe, and they kind of abandon a lot of the, the other type of films they were producing for a while too. I, I agree with that. I think that's the whole thing is that it has a Marvel it has a Marvel stamp on it, which is one thing. So definitely people are going to watch it just because it's Marvel. I will also say it's because Marvel has the money to do it, you know, get Simu and all the actors to. The funny thing is Shang-Chi actually has lesser social media push than a lot of the other Marvel films, mainly because I remember two, two or three weeks right before the premiere in the theater. I rarely see right. any advertisement run on on YouTube, and and I was still seeing ads run for like you know Loki and Scarlet, you know the Scarlet Witch uh, and, and Vision, and even I saw one for Internal. I, I go, wow, that's really bizarre. You see almost nothing, you know, being kind of used, done in that sense to push Shang Chi. But Shang Chi, I think, did well mainly because it is labored, you know, Day Weekend number one, and I think number two. The Majorash genre as a sort of a cinema mm-hmm. presentation always draws people's interest because we yeah, rarely have one. There's a lot. Again, this is, this is why we want to have these conversations that goes in depth within marketing and, and what the story and controversies and what it means to a lot of different things. But thank you all for being in this conversation. And everybody's brought up some really interesting and great discussion points. So thank you all again for joining this. We're almost, we just hit two hours. We'll, I won't do any more than one more hour, but we'll see how the conversation is going for next but now we have a christina wong nice to meet you how are you doing there you go hi um it's my first time on clubhouse actually so nice to meet everyone so i actually watched shang chi yesterday and listening to all your opinions it's actually quite interesting it's made me think that i agree in a way with what captain america said that there's probably other films that has represented asians in a a lot more non-stereotypical way where martial arts has not been shown but what I think this film has done is is that it's representation culture in a more mainstream way. It is it is the fact that you the MCU universe has now got an Asian superhero in its cast. But one thing I do think that this film has done, which has which has never been done before, is actually represent first generation Asians in America and the struggles and the themes that so I'm from the UK, I'm not from America, but a lot of those themes are very similar to me growing up as a first generation Chinese in living in the UK as well. Just, you know, wandering down Chinatown or visiting your friend's house and the stubborn Asian dad and the struggles of, you know, finding your way in a foreign country as well, which I don't, in other mainstream Asian films you do you don't see that story much which I thought was really 
No, that's fantastic. And uh, Christina, just because it is your first time, the best thing to do is uh, keep your mic off when you're not speaking, just so we know that. And it's just this before the room too. And it's different because I'm a host and, and I'm coming back and forth, which would be weird, but I should probably do it anyways. Is when you're done speaking, you know, say that you're either done speaking, I'm complete. There's a lot of different phrases of saying that, but for hard of hearing, hard of hearing and hard visually impaired, it's like hard to see when people are done speaking. Captain, Captain China was really hard. He was like, oh, are you done? We don't want to interrupt each other, but yeah, it, it's, it's, I think that's, it's a really good point. Like the first generation uh, Chinese Americans coming to the States and like, what are some of those struggles of having, and again, going back to the dinner, the breakfast scene is like, he, Shang-Chi knew how to speak and listen in what was it, Cantonese. I, I also heard that Cantonese was very well done. I think I heard it once on here too, but I had no idea. So, <laughs> but I think that's, that's really important is that it's even just because you don't speak it doesn't mean you can screw it up but that he was able to speak with the grandmother but even though katie couldn't right i think that's the dynamic of different different generations learning or not learning the the things i'm fifth generation japanese american so it doesn't speak to me at that level but i think that's really important i really love the scene that they're on the airplane talking about his name my name is david i was born here and my parents want to give me a bible name but like to hear people who have to change their names or given a quote-unquote american name i thought that was a really important scene even that didn't speak to me i was like Oh yeah, I can see how difficult that would be and having to change it. So I think those are those are really things that we need to bring up and have more more representation of. So yeah, thank you. But yeah, we're you stayed there, day? Did anyone else lose David, or is it just me? I can't I'm sorry, either. I must have hit something. I'm back. Sorry, uh, but thank you for letting me know. But yeah, if we're around uh, two two hours in. Uh, we don't have any more hand raised right now, so we're new to the stage. But if anyone ha wants to bring up, ask a question to the rest of the other people on stage, this is open form, so you can ask, you know, new questions. Like, I'm here for it. Otherwise, I'm, I'm here to hear, listen to opinions. Uh, we do have another raised hand, so let's see. Uh, Patrick King. Let's see. Uh, let's get Patrick up here. Come on. Come on. Come on. But in any case, yeah, I'm, I'm really thankful for this conversation. I think we've brought a, hit a lot of great points and I'm, I've been wanting to have this conversation for weeks now. <laughs> I've had to hold off because I wanted to hear other opinions, but I didn't want to you know, share too much. I was worried about spoilers um, for myself, but hey, Patrick's here. How are you doing? Yeah, uh, welcome to the stage. And yeah, this is the Shang-Chi room. So let us know what your thoughts were about the movie and all the things surrounding it. I'm an old school martial arts, more specifically Chinese movie fan. And so I was thrilled that Marvel stepped into the Kung Fu movie game. And it was one of the things that I enjoyed also within the context of the fight scene on the bus was as he was, be as Shang-Chi was being attacked, his coat was taken off and then he was able to put it back on. That specific move, I'm not sure if any of y'all are familiar with that, but it's been used in a lot of Jackie Chan movies. I'm not sure if Yoon Wah Ping, uh, who's one of the old school uh, martial art directors, he might have come up with that move. It was either him or Jackie Chan. The other thing I wanted to mention was that one of Jackie Chan's original Peking Opera school buddies, a Kung Fu brother, was also in that film. He was the guy that Wang Bo, one of the uh, archer, the lead archer guy. And I also just wanted to say that it is exciting for me to have uh, martial art movies done well. Because there's been a lot of American attempts at doing martial art movies that have been just so poor that it was refreshing to have a, 
not only good fight scenes, but also, like a lot of you were saying, to have a good Asian cast being represented. And, and Tony Leung is just is just such a badass in the in the drama department. It was really refreshing to see him. And and then I I, I finally wanted to also mention I I was kind of wondering what the interaction between Ben Kingsley, Aquafina, and Tony Leung were being actors, in my opinion. And uh, I I feel that it would have been interesting to be the fly on the wall to just to hear what they would have been saying to each other off off camera. My name is Patrick and I am complete. Thank you. This is Kiki. Was Ben Kinsley's character in the comic book? For those of you who read the comic book, does anyone know it was he part of it too? Thank you, Kiki Dunn. Ben Kinsley? Yes. No, I can answer that if uh, no one else wants to. No I can answer that. that. He, yeah, yeah. I know, I know like the basics, but um, a real comic book expert would probably be better. The, the character of the Mandarin was in the comic books, yes. But he was more of a, an, also an Asian stereotype character. And as well, I think, you know, come to think of it, in the first iteration of Chang chi in the comic books, I believe his dad was Fu Manchu, which is yes. also another fictitious Asian stereotypical character. So I think the Mandarin being Iron Man's kind of one of Iron Man's villains, he was kind of based visually on that on that idea if that makes sense i can actually add a little bit more to that the mandarin in the comic book his real identity was that he was a believer as a descendant of genghis khan he came upon 10 magical rings and they're not the rings you see in the movie they're actually rings you wear on your finger supposed to be alien technology and each one granted him a different power he was used mainly as an iron man villain because it was technology going up against magic but I remember there were many times Marvel wrote some really spectacular stories where one time, you know, the Mandarin went to Japan, actually went to Hong Kong and teamed up with the Japanese ninja, the Hand, which you see in the Daredevil series. And they capture Wolverine and try to brainwash him and make him one of their members. And uh, so, you know, the Mandarin was used extensively as really well sometimes throughout the Marvel Universe. In the movie, they kind of turned Ben Kinsley into a joke because I think they were afraid to Calm the man, use the like a Chinese guy as the Mandarin says, the descendant of Genghis Khan and all that kind of stuff. Because there were Iron Man 3 was you know going to be a big premiere in, in China at the time. And also, to answer your question, Patrick, from the, the Jackie Chan move, and I can confirm this because I heard in another discussion room somebody says, Yes, it was Jackie Chan's stunt team was hired for China. which I think was really cool and a great idea because you know, being Asian. It would have been awful if it was an Asian superhero movie and the, the martial arts was terrible. <laughs> I just think that would be, uh, no, it would not make money. But I think that's the other part of it too, is that the martial arts obviously was super well done. It was also wasn't cut away like the other Marvel films. I think all the, I just thought about too, was like there's so, all, a lot of the Marvel films have some sort of martial arts. I'm definitely thinking like more in certain areas, but it's just, not great and they they cut away from everything there's no full action whereas like a jackie chan movie or shang chi it was just like a full moment of them fighting without having to cut away and it was felt real that's the whole that's a really good sign of having that in there and not cutting away to fake things movie style right it's a good point but uh, we have sam sam Liu is down here how you doing it's good to see you again hey sam hey guys thanks for yeah bringing me up 
Yeah, I, you know, there's a lot of great discussions, you know, throughout. You want to come back to you? Oh, no, no, no. I, I'm, I'm sort of done now. I was doing okay. something. That's why I didn't come up a little bit earlier. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I just, you know, I'm, I'm older. And so, again, I remember when Shang-Chi comics or Shang-Chi comics were around. And it was so, you know, again, even the whole Mandarin kind of thing. I'm, I'm so glad that they sort of, I don't know, you know, again, people will either agree or not agree of the level of, you know, quote unquote, wokeness that's kind of happening nowadays, you know. But, you know, I think I'm in, I'm in a room where, you know, that's, that's more of a positive than a negative, obviously, you know, the, the positiveness of it sort of outweighs the negativeness of, of it, the potential negativeness of it anyways. But just as a kid, I remember even just, you know, the whole Mandarin element, even Fing Fang Foom, and even Shang-Chi, that's why, like, I never really picked it up as a kid, because it just sort of stirred something within me as a sort of, again, like a, I mean, I moved here when I was like three years old and I lived in the deep South and I dealt with a lot of sort of, you know, this whole sort of, you know, identity kind of stuff of like, you know, you're, you look a certain way, you know, I, I went to a school basically where I, I think I was the only Asian kid as far as I knew, there might've been other Asian kids, but I just never seen them. So there was the whole sort of physical attribute of stuff that again, I knew as a kid was, was the thing that drew people's ire, you know? And so when things like, you know, a guy in sort of a red sort of gi and a headband, you know what I mean? Fighting sort of, again, like, you know, you know, the Fu Manchu type character and stuff like that. It's, it was something that always sort of, again, I didn't want to be associated with that. So I never, I never read it and I never picked it up. And so, so yeah, I mean, I, I think, again, I guess my original point is just being older. Like I had I feel like I grew up in an era where basically it seemed like things were never going to change. And so, you know, I am very cautious with change. I am mindful of it and I, and, you know, I'm aware of movements, I suppose, you know, so I, I, I'm glad that the, this, this movement towards things that, you know, which allowed, you know, a Shang-Chi to sort of be made is an opportunity, right? Because it's got the biggest, you're on the biggest stage with the biggest spotlight on you. And so I'm just thankful that it didn't suck <laughs> you know yeah. i'm thankful that it did more i didn't think it was a perfect movie but i think it was good enough it touched upon enough kind of things right i think we can sort of you know obviously as as a fan or sort of as a you know a movie critic we could there's things that we could sort of pick it to that but i think culturally overall it does way more right than it does wrong and if and if anything else i think it's sort of you know it it's it had deserved its spotlight. And so hopefully, again, this is a, a, in my mind anyway, it's like a milestone, right? Because I always kind of think of like, you know, moments of opportunity. If you don't do something with it or whatever, it's never going to get, it's never going to push forward, right? I mean, can, can you imagine if it stunk? I think that would be like, you know, we'd like to do that, but it doesn't sell. So we're not going to make any money. So we're, we're going to remember that Shang-Chi or Shang-Chi didn't sell. So I'm glad the impression of it now is that you know, this is a viable market in that. 1000%. Yeah, I think that's the biggest thing is that it did really well. I think it did, again, you you said, you said it right. It's like, we could nitpick it all day long and just be like story critics and film critics. And I think that's, there is a discussion for that. At the end of the day, it did so much good for society. A little, little Asian pride, you know, and just and getting people to the theaters and going to watch something that's super awesome, but also just seeing the representation. I think there's a lot of good that it did. And even if there's other controversies and talks around around it, there's, it did good. And so, yeah, there's a lot to talk about. But I'm so happy, David, Kiki. I'm so happy it did great. Because I saw Snake Eyes. 
it didn't do so well mm. and I didn't like it and I was disappointed that it didn't so do it didn't it wasn't good and I'm so bummed but thank goodness for Shanchi doing great thank you Kiki Dan yeah Mortal Kombat too and Danita you had something to say yeah I so this is Danita I so echo um what Sam shared and you know I shared some of those aspects a little earlier but I I love the comment that Sam said that it was culturally more right you know than wrong and 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 that's what what I was really even alluding to of of how whether you are Asian or not I I think it it brought the best of a lot of different things. I think it drew people because of martial arts, because sometimes in, a, in America that may be our introduction to, to, to Asian cinema in some aspects. I go outside of that to more dramatic stuff too. But, you know, I also thought the first generation comment that I think it was Christine who shared, I thought that was really good because I have a lot of first generation friends who are Asian Americans. I thought also the marketing, I think the Marvel boost and push really did what it needed to do you know, for something like this on the platform that it needed to be on. And I really, you know, as I shared a little earlier, I think it's a larger opportunity for this to do as well in the box office for what it means in the future. And then just as I've been doing a lot of listening after my first comment, you know, I think a number of people who've seen it have come in and they do feel that sense of pride and they do feel like, you know, they see themselves. And, and, and I think while we can critique and talk about, you know, the protagonist having certain aspects to build out a little more arcs and things of that nature. I think you really, really do have to look at the big, big opportunity that's here is that, and I also love the casting. I, I love Michelle, even from Joy Luck Club back in the nineties, you know, Ang Lee from Life of Pi, you know, I mean, so I think, you know, being, they, they did a great job also with the intergenerational, like having, you know, Tony and Michelle, you know, and then having, you know, Aquafina and just, you know, kind of this, this, this new breed. So I, I, my hope would be that this would be a lot more celebrated for what it's opening up in terms of the possibility than for people to ban in any way, shape or form because of one or two things that they don't like. So that's why, you know, kind of the, it's more right than wrong. The last thing I'll share, you know, is In the Heights for the Latin community came out this summer and you know, likewise, you know, I was cheering, wanting that to do really well for them because box office wise, it's, it's just been tough for BIPOC in general to really be able to break open these doors. And I think sometimes we have to be careful with, and I, I'm, I'm hesitant to say this, but I'm just sharing this because I really want, I want us to win. And I want Hollywood to win by being able to represent the universal voices that we really are, as opposed to one voice that in the past has been dominant. And I think they missed an opportunity by undercutting themselves what, what the, the argument was so real, because I learned from some friends who actually was from that particular neighborhood. And I'm like, wow, I wouldn't have known that had he not shared with me exactly why that was a problem. But I think sometimes we might have to be mindful of where we're having the conversation or how in any way, shape or form we are undermining the bigger thing that has to happen. And that is what I said earlier. Hollywood does see green. And if it does well in the box office, it's going to duplicate itself to bring more of that. And as the people with sensibilities have the opportunity to help them make it better and better and better and better for Asian films, for African-American films, for Latin films, you know, you name it. I, I think we, I just, I've gotten because 
they were boycotting it. But what, so you're boycotting something that was very important, you know, because, and I can't take that away from anyone, but you also want to see more of yourself in in cinema and you want to do well in the box office. So we find ourselves in this conundrum, I think at times, you know, as we're really trying to break down these walls and break into these industries and show that we can have more of this where then we have a chance to fail, you know, and we have a chance to do it somewhat right. But, you know, when we're coming out of the gate, you got to get it as right as you can in order to draw multiple audiences to get those numbers in. But I, I think it's dangerous when we start boycotting something when we just got a chance to come to the dance. And so that's that's just something that I have felt I really would like to teach ourselves <laughs> that we vote at the box office. And if there are no votes, then you don't get elected to, to have a place, if you will, for more of what you say you want to see more of. And I'm glad that not only Asian Americans as well as Asians around the, the world voted um, for this, but, you know, I, I also just hope that we can see more of us, you know, not understanding the bigger challenge here, which is monetary, that Hollywood just sees the money. And, and that's how they make a lot of those decisions. And so creatively, we are, you know, artists and producers and directors and writers. We want to get it right. We want to see the technical craft of that, you know, continue to be, you know, pure and, and, and powerful. But I just hope we don't undercut ourselves sometimes when we get into dialogue that can actually make people not go in and make their vote at the at the box office so you can see more. Danita and I'm done speaking, but actually I want to say thank you for this conversation. I am going to have to leave soon, but this was so amazing to hear all of these great voices, you know, my, my Asian brothers and sisters here and, and others who have contributed. You know, I, I just really found this to be a very rich conversation. And like I said earlier, I'm just so proud for you guys to be able to start seeing not only yourself, but seeing some of your culture, seeing, you know, I, I like the martial arts. I love the strength and the power of that. But I don't just like that. I love the depth and the breadth. Of, of this resilience and this power and this strength that I see in Asian characters, whether it's drama, you know, like I said, whether it's Joy Luck Club, you know, even I, I really enjoyed Crazy Rich Asians, you know, I did like Mulan, you know, I, I, I love certain aspects that's teaching me a little more beyond my multitude of friends that I have who teach me about the about your culture. But I just, you know, I'm, I'm proud for this moment and I just want them to continue so that other people who may be of other ethnicities who don't have friends who are Asian, Asian Americans, that they can really begin to respect your culture in the way that I do. I'm Dina Patterson. I'm done speaking. Hi, this is Kiki. I just want to say, Danita, you rock, girl. Thank you so much. You oh, rock. Thank I, you. Virtual, well, I, virtual hug to you too. You, you, guys, you guys are part of my, you, you guys are part of my DNA. And so I'm, I'm just happy to celebrate this moment with you guys and had to spend some time with thank you today. You. It was so wonderful to have you here. And Thanks, yeah, thank you. Beautifully Thanks said. The next one. Yeah. yeah. And I think to, to this point too, is like, again, voting at the box office, you're voting with your dollars, but, pro, but also, you know, protesting with your pocketbooks, you know, there's a, there is a healthy discussion about that. I heard some people not wanting to go see Shang-Chi this opening weekend. And I, I, I saw their points. I, I, I understood what they're doing. I think it was, there were, some of them were like, okay, you can just get past that one. But like, I didn't go to see Mulan that first weekend. I didn't pay for it. I thought it was like, 
that that was me protesting because that was a lot of issues. A lot of people had issues with that one for different reasons, many different reasons, whether it be her, her the lead actress's support of the Chinese government, which could have been a lot of different things, could have just been her saying it because Disney told her to say it. Me, it was all the creative creative cast, everybody on the creative side were white. And I thought that was really ridiculous. And so there is a degree, but also someone also really did give me that that talking about is like, well, just put the money in anyways, even if it's begrudgingly <laughs> do it. Cause it's the, it gets the people to go watch it. And I think there's a, you know, it, it really depends too. And as a person, I, do I feel like I need to give Disney my money? No, but at the same time we're voting with our voting with our money, voting at the box office. This is how we kind of build that power into it. I think now that we have Shang-Chi that just broke, broke many records, not even just did well at the box office, broke records at the box office. We can really have these harder conversations. And I think Disney should be listening to even if they don't see it, right? So even if we have the issues of people, people, I want to hear, I think, I think as a, if I was an executive, I would also want to hear why people aren't going to go watch it. Like if they're particularly protesting against it. Okay. So if you're protesting against it, maybe we can't fix it on this one, but what on the next one are you going to protest about? Or can we mitigate that problem and not have it happen next time? So I think it's really important that we have these conversations. And even if you do want to protest and not see a certain movie for whatever reason, you know, make it loud. Don't just go do it and not, or not go do it, not go see it and not tell anybody why you didn't go see it, but like voice those opinions because people want to hear it. And if you can have a voice and if, if the studio is listening, they might not do anything about it and maybe they, they can't do anything about it. But at least they will be acknowledged of why that thing is not, it could be for many different reasons. So there's, I think there's a good point to have both. But I think at the end of the day, you know, pay with your pocketbooks, but invest a little bit into the community. But also, you know, at the same time, invest in the other small independent films. I keep seeing new ones every week and I'm like, I don't ever hear about this one until you told me about it. I think there's one going on to, ooh, actually, I think that's going on tonight. Malignant. And I think there's doing an after party today. They're doing it at the Grove in LA, the AMC 14. I don't know if I'm going to make it. I forgot that that was, I forget it's today. Today feels like Friday. And so, but like, go watch them. See see who's playing out there. What What is watching? And, and support your independent films at your at your local your local crowdfunding link. You know, your Seed and Sparks, your, your GoFundMes. Like, support. Give them 10 bucks. Like, if you can't, you might not be able to watch it in theaters, but go if you can and see who's playing. Check out Asian Film Network. I'm sorry, we haven't launched that yet, <laughs> but the Asian Film Network, we will be posting, like we will try to find ways to find more movies that are coming out so you can go find them in theaters. I would love um, for us, Strong Asian Lead and, and other people to make, buy out theaters. We want to buy that is to buy out a theater a couple of times a year or whatever and you know, do like a gold, kind of a gold, gold open kind of style. Just like get people to go watch it. Even if we pay for the whole tickets, we want people to go watch certain things and just support in the community. That's how we do it. And when you're making your films, you know, make sure you're being loud about it. Tell people about it. Let people know that you're making stuff and, you know, have friends go watch it. That's the only way we're going to be able to not only feel good, but you know, that's how we support our community members and our local filmmakers. So with that being said, we're at two and a half hours. I do want to close up, but if anybody has any last minute thoughts, just last minute shares, I'd love to hear anybody and open the floor. So David, you've been quieter a while. You've just been listening in. Do you have anything else you want to add to the rest of the conversation as we close out? Uh, yeah. I think I'll add something to what Donita said. And I always use, I always use myself as an example. 
I was probably Tyler Perry's biggest critic. And then he opened the studio, and then I shut my mouth wide open and said, I didn't know what, was, what I didn't know what I was talking about, right? Meaning he had a bigger plan. So if I just really just said, mm, maybe it's not something I care for, but and I and I stood back and really tried to see the bigger picture what he was trying to do, I would have realized he was he was doing something. He's going to do something amazing, you know, that I would have never have imagined, right? So I put that in there in there where these days. You know, when I'm seeing the kinds of films coming out by people of color, I'm tempering my own kind of, you know, your criticism in the say, not to say I don't have anything, but but I'm but I'm really thinking about it, saying, hold on, let me kind of take a look, let me see the bigger bigger picture and see what the long term possibilities are. In terms of Shang Chi, again, I saw the film twice, so you know, I thought it was worth you know worthwhile to see it twice. I would suggest for people who haven't seen it, do that thing. You gotta you gotta send a message, so you send a message with the dollar, so. You know the move. We can't we can't double vote at the at the ballot box. So they'll you know they'll say we're doing something to an election. But you can but you can definitely double triple vote at the movie theater. Right? So I'm gonna always get that chance when I feel like a, a film is something that is that is that is worthwhile and is sending a big message. I'm going to do that. And this is just one of the films I did it with. Thank you, David. Yeah, double vote. <laughs> I think it's a good one. Also, I'm gonna go down the line of what my I case I can't see it on my phone. I'm on different apps, so I think people are out of order. I think that's what I was seeing. So uh, it's gonna go Kevin, Keith, Dina, Dina. If you want to stay, or you can leave. Or it's up to you. And then Kiki, James, Harmony, Sheridan, Patrick, Sam, Captain China, and Coven. That's what I have in my lineup. So I'm just gonna go down the line and say and say hi and bye to everybody. So Kevin, uh, any last minute words as we close out? Yeah, for about Shiki, I think it was kind of brought up earlier with like Ang Lee, Chow Yun Fat, Jack Chan. I think where Shang Chi is kind of taking a new direction is that it's Asian American talent, and which is something I feel most studios have consistently avoided. They've always hired, you know, like a star in the country they're trying to promote. You know, like the X Men movies hired Chinese actresses. Mulan hired, uh, you know, an actress from China. Whereas Shang Chi has Simu and Aquafina, which is just a big deal and to see them kind of like rise up in like i i have a friend uh peter shinkoda he played nobu in the daredevil series he talked about how you know studios don't want to build up actors like they do like like chris hemsworth and tom hiddleston were built up in in you know by the thor movies you know they were you know there's actor seasoned actors but they were built up by those movies you know the studios made them gave them their presence and their careers and for an opportunity for Asian American, you know, actors and actresses to get that, I think that's just a big deal. Also, Sam Liu, I'm a huge fan. Death of Superman, I mean, that list is amazing. You know, huge fan. Just wanted to throw that out there as well. And uh, yeah, I think that's and, and Peter Shinkoda was supposed to be here. I know he's busy with something. And Craig's here. I'm gonna actually invite Craig to the stage. But yeah, Peter was gonna come in and jump jump in to share his thoughts. But I guess he's got busy today, and that's all. That's all right. It's cool. Keith, any last minute thoughts? Thank you to everyone. I appreciated everyone's comments and participation. It was it's just incredible to even. I mean, I think all of us at some level in our lives up to this point have struggled to even try to find a way to have this kind of conversation or this kind of this kind of moment between Asians discussing, you know, or just anyone, anyone, anyone. But such an Asian forward discussion about a film that is in the zeitgeist so much like this. So that's just been a very special thing, I think. My last thoughts on Shang-Chi, I'm going to say C plus overall as a movie, A plus as a culture moment representation. And hopefully it's seen as a starting point, not an end. Definitely a good starting point. I'm like we're going to have so much. I think it's just open doors for a lot of people. And just people have feel like they can write more. I even had some friends that are like, 
You know, I never thought I could write a movie like that. But now that I've seen it done, I feel like I can. I think that's what's really important to me. Again, representation, right? But I invited Craig, Craig T. Williams up to the stage. Craig's a good buddy. And I would, you know, we wanted to reach people who reached out to me early about seeing it. So, Craig, we had an honest, truly honest conversation about Shang-Chi this week in this clubhouse room. And, you know, tell us what, I would love to hear what your thoughts about it, the good, the bad, anything that's, you, know, you, you want to approve, but also like anything surrounding it. Like also tell us about the, how you felt. You're in New York still. Like tell me about now, how did New York handle it in the marketing as well? I, I want to hear some of your thoughts, man. Hey, David. What's up, brother? How are you, man? Hey, Danita. So, yeah, you know, it's interesting. A friend of mine here, Patrick Chen, there was a big push around, you know, getting people to that opening weekend. And he was uh, part of an organization that was sponsoring a lot of different screenings. So I went to a screening in Chinatown here in New York at the Regal. And it was fun. The audience was packed. It was full. People were excited. And, you know, it was, I went by myself because my, my wife didn't realize it was a, and then after she's like, you didn't tell me it was a Marvel movie. I was like, okay, it's kind of been everywhere, but she's been in the, you know, in the trenches, she's rehearsing a thing. So she wasn't really paying attention. So it was just me and my son, teenager doesn't go anywhere with me. So um, just me um, in the audience. And I, you know, it felt what I loved about it. Okay, first of all, let's just celebrate the spectacle, celebrate the money that was spent, celebrate that, you know, no holds barred on on advertising. It was everywhere. You know, they, they Black Panthered it in that, you know, they didn't kind of, you know, cheapen the experience for anybody and uh, really just put all the money in there. I, 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 I'm kind of on the fence about, you know, ultimately what the experience was because it was a lot familiar, just storytelling wise. You know, I'm a screenwriter, so I'm a little bit of an, uh, a jerk about these things. It was a little tropey, which again, isn't necessarily bad. It was hitting all the things that it's supposed to hit for a Marvel movie. And I think at the very least, why not for Asian people? Why not for Asian actors? Why not for the Asian community? So in that respect, it's 1,000% uh, successful because, you know, there's just so much pressure put on us others that when that thing comes out, it's got to hit all the boxes. It's got to do all the things. It's got to represent everybody. And it's just like, that's exhausting for us all. Because I know when my thing comes out, I don't want to have to get to every group and, you know, un offend this person and, you know, be Lynn manuel about, you know, colorism and all those other things that happen that are, 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 are kind of staples of the way that our product is judged, good and bad. But, you know, we kind of have to be up for the argument. But the thing is, we want more. We want to make more. I want to be in the audience for more. I want to see more of these things. I want the the stories to be written by David, who's, you know, got a, an amazing story to tell. I want to see his story. I want to see it fully funded. I want to see it on the screen, on the big screen in all its glory and in, in its specificity. So I think if this is the way to get there, then that's the way we're going to get there. So, but I did enjoy it, you know, popcorn, me alone in the movie theater with my mask, you know, so I had a good time. Thanks, Craig. So that's it. Yeah, I'm it, Craig. It, it I'm was done. a good, it was just a good cultural moment. All right. That's the whole thing. It's just seeing it being, being funded, being, being well-rounded and yeah, generally it was just a good Marvel film, you know, as far as Marvel could be in 
many different ways. This is an enjoyable time. Why not go to the movies for entertainment? You know, if, if we really, if we didn't have all the inequalities of the world right, in, in our community, maybe we wouldn't break it down so much, but it would just be like, yeah, that's, a, that's fine. That's good. We'll just watch it. <laughs> but because we're, we're critical, even of our own community, uh, we want to, we want to break it down and, and see it. But yeah, thanks for, thanks for jumping in, Craig. Yeah, Patrick. I have a question. That, who's that, that? Patrick had a question. Who had a question? Yeah. Yes. Can you hear me? Was that Sin Fang Foom? Oh, I don't know. Does anybody know the dragon, the Great Protector? I don't think it was. I don't. I don't think so. I thought Sin Fang Foom has like legs and stuff. Well, Sin Fang Foom is also yes. uh, has bat wing. You know, it was more. Sin mm-hmm. Fang Foom is also an alien creature in the Marvel universe, so it's not a real dragon. Yes. Super interesting. Okay, again, we're closing. We're closing. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for asking question. Um, also, Craig, I didn't, I didn't tell you, we're also recording this episode, so this Clubhouse thing, so we're going to put this on the podcast. If you don't want to be uh, mentioned or tagged or anything, let me know. I'll just delete you out of the thing. Yeah. It's, 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 it's all good. I don't think I said yeah. anything horribly offensive. No, we sure. <laughs> but yeah, I, the title is stupid. Let's see who is uh, Keith. Dina, 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 did you want to last, any last minute words? Yeah, just just last. It'll, it'll be quick because I already said some some things that were truly on my heart. The, the one thing that I would say, because now I re- realize you are recording, <laughs> is I my hope would be when movies are made that that they would see not only the box office success, but also that they would begin to have more development executives, more focus groups, more sensibility, you know, people with sensibilities around, like for instance, you know, there's a film that Sony called me in on and before it was released, I was able to give notes and those notes were incorporated into, you know, the, the two movies that I, that I consulted on there. I think that that helps us, whether it's around BIPOC or women or whatever type of issues or, or, or new frontiers that Marvel or any of these studios may be um, pursuing in the future to really answer the demand that is there, because there is a demand, is to begin to have people with those sensibilities in the decision-making process so that they can be properly represented from a standpoint where the cultural sensibilities can be represented just as much as the, the craft of the writing or the directing and all of that. So my hope would be, too, that as people are listening and are emerging artists um, and entertainment professionals, that they would also look to go into careers behind the scenes so that we can see more, you know, of the shame of, of, of this Shang-Chi's as well as, you know, the Black Panthers and, and all the other wonderful things that's happening. And hats off to Marvel to actually do this because a lot of times we can want it, but it may not be done, but it was done and it was done well enough for us to have this great conversation. And I'm glad to be a part of it. I'm Dean, I'm done speaking. Yes. Thank you, Dunia. That's yeah, a great point. They don't, they don't have to. And so you're totally right. Yeah. And we want more people behind the scenes, whether in your writing, the grips, banking, accountants, uh, marketing, things all really important. And I want more people to feel like those are more jobs you can have, right? People go to college for different things. And even if they go to business schools, like you can still be in the movie business. It's a lot of different ways. Even if you're catering, you can go to catering, you can go food and culinary for, for all these things. Those are really important. But yeah, Kiki, any last minute? Oh, yes. First of all, thank you, David, for having this room and having this discussion and having everybody here on stage. And I just want to also say that I myself enjoyed the movie Shang-Chi very much. And and just to let you know, I'm not sure, but they finally have a character over at California Adventure where they have the Marvel campus. They actually have a Shang-Chi actor, a character there. 
is portraying in the uh, Marvel campus now too just so and I'm hoping that they would bring the actresses because I feel like since they have Spider-Man and and everybody else there his role on the campus is just like like a fighting scene and fighting I forgot what the bad guy was with the mask but I'm hoping that they would bring more of the characters from the movie Shang-Chi into the Marvels but I just thought I wanted to share that with everyone who happens to be going to California Adventure and yeah but I myself personally am happy that that Shang-Chi the movie exists and it brought it just makes me so proud you know to see this going on in my lifetime and because I too was excited when Joy Lot Club first came on I was like whoa no way you know like are you serious and then when Crazy Rich Asian came so you know I'm hoping to one day not to get excited over this you know it should be something (laughs) neutral you know what I mean it's like you know it's like it should be just a natural movie like you know it doesn't matter what color what race it's just a movie about people doing you know the storyline but you know but yeah but I'm glad that this exists so thank you everyone Kiki done thank you Kiki I think it's an exciting moment and I again I think you're right it's like I want I do want to get to a point that that it's you know just another moment. Just like, I'm just going to watch a movie. <laughs> but at the same time, I think I'll, because we're in this generation, maybe our kids will have that. But like, I think that's, it's just going to always be that. Remember that time that we didn't have these things? <laughs> it was a, such a struggle, you know? I think that, that'll be a nice, it'll be a nice moment when I get to say, remember the time that we had to do that and then we don't have to do that anymore. Mm-hmm. That'd be nice. James, any last minute thoughts for us? Yeah, for sure. Uh, first off, I just want to uh, thank you for just hosting this room and just having this conversation with everyone. I do have to say with just the movie in itself, I do think that's a major success just because, especially with that scene where they talk about the name and pretty much just embracing your culture, I think it impacted the younger generation the most with just being able to see their, you know, being able to see someone who looks like them on on screen. And then it's going to encourage more people to write about their voices and about their about their opinions and show that, you know, Asian Asian voices do matter and they do have an audience for the American audience. And I'm James and I'm done speaking. Thanks, James. I'm trying to move around right now. Yeah, again, great. It's a, it's a success and people will get to see it and a bunch of kids are looking at it and saying, hey, I want to be a Shang-Chi for Halloween. You know, that'd be really cool. I would love to see a bunch of little <laughs> Shang-Chis running around and the sisters and stuff. That'd be really dope. Thank you, James. Uh, Sheridan, last, last thoughts for us? Very good. Yes. No, thank you so much for hosting this. Right now, it's actually perfect timing. I haven't, we haven't announced it. We're launching a new studio and it's driven by, we have three writers. One is Black, one Latino, and myself. And we're doing, going to be doing TV series and movies. We have A-listers in Hollywood, both Black and Latino. I'm going to be looking for you know, Asian-American A-listers. To, and we're going to be funded by through the Silicon Valley Angels. And so that's what we're doing. So it's really inspiration because, you know, we're discussing all these issues about authenticity, but also fantasy because we're doing a lot of stuff that's kind of breaking stereotype for Latinos and blacks. So we're trying to break out of the box, but still be real. And so I, I appreciate all the comments and insights because we're really tussling with that. We have a whole slate of uh, scripts right now we're trying to polish up thank you sheridan i think that's a thing the, the line that gets crossed too it's what becomes a, a stereotype and a trope when it could be real so i think we talked about the martial arts being a trope but like i wouldn't want martial arts movies to stop right it's just like even though it's a kind of a stereotype ish i'd still it's still part of my life 
I know how to take care of myself and, and protect my family to a degree. I'm not like, I'm not Shang-Chi, but at the same time, I know it and I know my friends know it. So why wouldn't that be a part of um, not every Asian character? It doesn't have to mean every movie, but you know, if they get into a fight, like I do want to see a, some Asian kid get beat up because he doesn't know Asian and be joke. It, it would be a joke. It's like, I thought you knew karate. Like, <laughs> no, I think that'd be hilarious too. But also at the same time, like you can play on that. But I think at the same time, I do want to know that they can at least get a few punches in and a couple of takedowns. They don't have to be the master, but you know, I know I could take a few, I can surprise a lot of people especially since I'm like five, six and my, most people are like five, 10 and I can definitely t- take people down. So it's like, what lines do we cross? Is it real? Is it too tropey? And how do we, how do we still stay real with the characters? Even, you know, Shang-Chi might be a bunch of martial arts that maybe we don't all know, but I think that's a, uh, in this realm, that's where it's good for but where else can we add it and not be, I don't know. There's, there's that line that we can always look at and talk about. It's a discussion. This is an ongoing discussion for a lot of different things. So thank you, Sheridan. Patrick, last minute thoughts for us? No, I think I'm complete. Thank you. This is a great page, a great, whatever you call it, clubhouse room. And I appreciate you guys. And the one thing, okay, the last thing I will say is that for me, having grown up with comics as a youth, it's amazing to be able to see them on screen. And there is a lot of other things that we can go into deeper at another time about Marvel and Disney and all the, the programming, the subtle programming that goes on underneath. But superficially, I would, like I said before, I was happy that Marvel got into the Kung Fu movie game and they didn't, they didn't disappoint me too bad. And yeah, like that, it was great. And I'm looking forward to seeing it again. Right on, Patrick. Thank you. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to watch it again. I think that'll be a that'll be good good weekend stuff. Right. Sam, last minute thoughts for us? Yeah, there's there's just so much here. But yeah, I mean, I I, I guess I, I just want to I guess reiterate something I kind of touched upon already. Just that this is a moment in in time where the doors are slightly open, you know, and it's ready to be opened all the way. And it's it's I mean just with in you know uh, my workspace and stuff like that. I mean, I know that even on a corporate level, there's been a lot of things. That these discussions are 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 opening up. Again, the project that I'm working on right now. I remember, you know, again, the it's it's a period piece. You know, it takes place in the, like the 1920s. And when we were looking at it with the writer, we were just talking about how like this is, you know, 1920s Gotham, and there's just so many white. All most of the characters are like white men, you know, and we need to sort of think about that, and we need to sort of. You know, are there other characters that we can sort of, that make sense, you know, make either women, you know, um, a person of color, these type of things. But again, these, these, these things are sort of like, they're never going to be the main characters, right? These are all sort of like just population of things, right? And so something like Shang-Chi again is, is big to me because, and, and important, I mean, like Mulan was, but for me, again, it's, yes, I'd like to support things on principle, but uh, you hope that the product is at least up to a certain level that you can at least sort of, you know, in, in good conscience and faith that you can support it. And I thought Shang-Chi, again, for the most part, was that. And so, and also just having, you know, a in an Asian lead cast. So I think, again, this the importance of this, is, I, I, in my mind anyways, is, 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 is very large. And again, there's all these things that, you know, I feel like change again is slow. You know, you, I mean, we see it in politics and things like that, right? People with opposing things or, you know, I think even just, you know, 
people, us as people of color growing up, right, you're, you're kind of in a majority that wants things to be a certain way. And, I, and that's why even when I was in college, the only things that was worth marching for for me was education, right? Because I think that you have to sort of change people's minds and nobody likes to be told what to do. So I'm, I'm thankful it doesn't like, you know, like Black Panther, I kind of felt like, I mean, I thought Black Panther was more successful in this. They were sort of inter- able to introduce, you know, important sort of like a cultural, I mean, cultural elements into it, right? Like Black Panther was very, very, very steeped into the, the African-American experience, I feel like, right? And the thing that I thought was successful, again, on a very broad level, was the generational kind of thing. You know, because I think a lot of people, when they think China, they think they're from China, right? And you have these Chinese beliefs. And so the biggest win for me, again, was Simu and Aquafina being Asian American, you know, and also sort of the difference between, you know, the parents who have a more traditional, again, steeping that even more into mythology almost, you know, and then basically these people that were caught in the middle that were trying to sort of figure out being Asian, but also sort of being contemporary and stuff like that and sort of you know, the, the thing of fighting a little bit of, do you fight, how much do you fight, you know, of your tradition because you're just trying to sort of, you know what I mean, like exist in the modern world. So again, I think just as a broad, broad theme, I'm, I'm kind of glad there was a generational dynamic that was happening. I think that's really important for especially Asian Americans. Yeah, I think I'm done. All right, right on, Sam. Yeah, I think that was really cool. And I don't, I didn't catch that. I think that's the other thing about like Asian American movies and stuff is that because they're, you know, usually it's just one culture. I can name only a few that are like mixed, Asians, not mixed Asians, but like uh, a group, an ensemble mixed different Asians, but like something like this, like I don't know, the generations are really, really different. And I think that's really cool that they had cultural divides and stuff like that. I think that's, that's an important thing that we can, we can relate to, uh, or many can relate to, not everybody, but many can. So yeah, I think they did a good job with that. And I hope to see more. Yeah. I was thinking about the Black Panther comment. I was like, yeah, that's, I see that. I would love to see more on how that was building. And I think one of the things I had a comment on too was like, we and I talked about this in, in some ways, like is the magical realism. Because I feel like here's the thing about the magical realism in Shang-Chi, which was like, you know, it's fantasy and all that, where everything else in the Marvel universe is based on science and the space. And I thought that was a little, I don't know, it's something to think about. I, I didn't mind it too much, but some people brought it up too. It's like, are we still in the fantasy world? Asians are still foreigners <laughs> in the and, and fantasy, fantastical realm of things. And so I know, I think that was just as someone else to, to think about because that's still, that's another trope is that the Asians have this whole magical orientalism, which is an issue. But I think, I think it was done well here. I think this is a space that we want to see those other characters and see this fantasy part, but it could have been avoided. I don't know. Those are things to think about as well. Captain, oh, and before we kind of keep going for our last two, we are closing out the room. So I saw some friends who just jumped in the room. Thank you for joining. We are going to close out. However, we did have a really great discussion and this, this entire conversation was recorded. So we will put it on our podcast along with our transcripts on the website. And so people can listen in and hear our thoughts. Maybe we'll, I think we're going to do another room, maybe with a few other people from not the cast, but from the, from the crew, maybe in a couple of weeks. We'll see. But also we have other other things coming up as well. But yeah, I just wanted to let people know. So sorry if you're going to raise your hand and we're not going to have a chance, but we are going to wrap up. I'm going to go see another, try to go see another movie, Malignant, another Asian Asian cast as well, Asian lead. And yeah, keep we'll keep keep supporting. Captain China, any last thoughts for us? Yes, yes. Well, thank you very much, David, for the opportunity to be in a room and speak and to listen to a lot of these wonderful people. 
Danita, especially her voice, is just very lovely and very calming every time she speaks. Thank you. Um, yeah, it, it just every time you speak, I just thought, boy, she says her material so well, and there's always a, a strong calming effect when I listen to your voice. And I've never heard of that in Clubhouse before, so I at least just want to bring that up. Well, that's no problem. I really enjoyed being here. But what I want to say is, you know, there's a lot of talk about representation and hoping we go in the right direction in movie entertainment and. The funny thing is that I, I remember something earlier when somebody brought up G.I. Joe and saying that wasn't a very good movie. I, when I worked at Marvel Comics back in the 90s, you know, I also participated in G.I. Joe Project. And what was kind of funny is that most, prob- most people probably didn't even know about this, that the, 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 the man who was writing G.I. Joe comic book at the time and wrote all the character profiles pretty much created the, the G.I. Joe we know today was a man named Larry Hama. I I believe he was a second generation Japanese. And I always thought that was rather ironic where we, you know, the the biggest American known toy, you know, property was created sort of by a Japanese person, a Japanese background. And there's always that kind of humorous irony when I think about that. But what was kind of brilliant about G.I. Joe, and I heard him talk about it once, is that when Hasbro used to create the toy line, they would create the character's racial background based on the census. So if the census says, okay, there's 60% white, that's what the toy line would be. And if there's 20% Hispanic, that's what it'll be. You know, it's going same so on with the blacks and Asian, you know, and even Native American characters were incorporated that way. So I always think that's a, a brilliant way to do representation and to be diverse and inclusive is that they based on real statistic and numbers. And I really wish Hollywood would put that out, put that into what they produce in terms of movie, where you know it's not just we push well one Shang Chi and everybody says, oh yeah, that that's it, that's going to represent us. I think it should be a roster of different movies throughout the year that occupy maybe these you know population percentage. I think that would be a much more successful way to manage the market and the industry and to sell to the audience and i would really like to see that happen and lastly you know i just want to mention because i may not have bought it up fully you know maybe a little bit shame a little bit shameless promotion of myself you know i've worked in the comic book industry for the 20 somewhat years and you know i run my own small in the comic company right now and that gives me the luxury to develop properties the way i want to without having to worry about budgeting issues and all that kind of stuff and Captain China is one of the projects I developed. You know, it's a superhero genre, but I also have one that is a Japanese anime-styled giant robot genre called you know, Oni Riser. I also have a vampire book. And another one, which I think the interesting idea is Ghostbuster meets robots. And so, you know, on my own, I'm trying to create diverse idea, interesting idea. And thankfully, at the moment, I do not have any budgetary concern. And I can just pursue whatever uh, ideas I, I like. As a whole, I wish we can see entertainment and Hollywood move in that kind of direction, where it's a much healthier industry. As opposed to just say, okay, we put out a movie that's Shang-Chi. It's successful maybe because of the Marvel branding, as opposed to it's successful because, it, you know, good Asian actors, good Asian story. You know, martial arts, whether we have it or not, it's just a bonus icing on the cake. And I, that's the kind of entertainment I like to see us moving toward. And I think that's what makes us a great American, a great Americans and, and what makes America Thank a you. great country. Yeah, I think that's Thank a, you. I would love to see more and see more of different Asian ethnicities as well. We can't just have the one, right? We, we can have more. I think what would be great to see is Disney and Marvel expand their team. Not just like keep, if we, if they only have 10 seats at the table, like don't just like to kick two out, put two in, like 
make 20. Like it's not even just about how many slates. They have a ton of money. They can do whatever they want. But at the same time, like I would love to see a, a room full of Asia, a room full of Asian executives of all different ethnicities, all parts of Asia, South Asia, Southeast Asia, Southwest Asia, East Asia, North Asia, like find, find a con, you know, find that group so they can start making different projects and say, okay, we're going to promote each other and do these different things. Cause I think that's helpful. So otherwise you have one Asia at the table and maybe they're Chinese and like, okay, they're going to represent Asian movies. They might only do Chinese movies or a few different things. It's really hard. It's hard to be representative, representative of that. It's, it's called representation burnout. Not only going to burn out because you have to hold up your whole community but then you have to hold up all the communities within your own community so i just hope that they that would be my suggestions like there could be more and more consultants with them and people who can they can listen to and say hey we need more help if we can't hire 10 executives like hire more companies people who are holding people accountable and listening to the community what i like about hearing doing clubhouses i'm hearing from more people and different people i can do interviews all day with one-on-ones but to have a group like this for three hours and hear everybody's different opinions that's really helpful and i think that's i think they should do more of that but anyways thank you so much uh, craig you're last for today any last closing thoughts for us so uh, you know it's it just kind of along the lines of what you just said and what a couple of other people have alluded to is like nobody else no other really no other studio can make disney whatever whoever it was marvel you know 200 million dollars really who has the money for that so then what are the stories that are going to be told and who are picking those stories and that's where we kind of come back to i think where it's like okay not all asians we don't want to just keep seeing the you know the 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 martial arts movies over and over and over again. And then who's going to pick those other movies and those other stories? And who's going to pick those other uh, people who are going to say, this is a story worth telling. It doesn't have martial arts, but it's a story worth telling. So I think that's what like the next, the, the, our, our immediate future holds. It's like, you know, reaching out. Number one, there's an audience, right? We all know there's an audience. There's an audience for Asian movies and Black movies and Latinx movies. There's just an audience. We, we, we shouldn't have to keep having that fight or having that discussion over and over and over again. It's fucking exhausting. We are out here. We go see your movies. Now make something that we want to see. So I think it's getting people in the position where um, they're going to see the kinds of filmmakers that are making impactful stories that, yes, people want to see and that are going to be profitable, that don't include martial arts or having a $200 million budget. And I think that's going to be the next fight. How do you take advantage of what's happening now to harness that audience and now take that audience and say, okay, we love Shang-Chi, but this is also what we want to see. So I think that's kind of the next uh, step for for us. Like, Yeah, what are those movies that we're going to keep promoting and see more that isn't just martial arts or isn't just a, a cultural film too? Because even like The Farewell, you know, it's good and it's fine. Not my, my, my favorite movie. But like it's very, very rooted within culture. Very, very insane with even with what was it? Minari, right? Very rooted within the, the immigrant culture, immigrants, immigrant stories. Martial arts films are always going to sell. They're always going to be really great. But what are the stories that we're going to see that even like even my films, even my films are very rooted within culture. But what are the films that we're going to see that aren't so rooted within culture that are very Asian American esque that didn't have to be just about the Asian Americanness of that person, but something that they are American, they're going through storylines and 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 troops and tribulations and you know all the stuff that storytelling usually really does really well. And then they happen to be Asian with Asian parents and Asian family, and that's the whole thing too. 
that it brings in the culture, but the story isn't surrounded by culture. There's, there's room for both. There's room for all of our stories. So keep writing, keep doing, keep producing, directing, mu making music, whatever you're doing, keep keep going out there. And as we wrap up the room, thank you all again so much. We had a, we had a nice, uh, steady, steady room today. And we were just, we were just, hit, just hit three hours. So thank you everybody for tuning in. Again, you can follow us. We don't do, we're going to probably do like bi-monthly clubhouse rooms. I do generally do a weekly podcast, but weekly clubhouse rooms would be way too much for me. I tried that burned out but please come back we're gonna do we might do one next weekend just because blue bayou is coming out next weekend so maybe we'll either do it the same weekend that's coming out the weekend after the 18th or the 25th i'm busy on the 25th so the 18th but yeah definitely go see that movie i i watched the screener it's very good please support that should be a movie coming out in the next week on the 17th and it's a great film to go watch another indie film to support again not getting enough marketing like that's the struggle here. Again, it's a focus features film and, and they reached out to me and helped me had a chat with Justin Chan, our interview with his, 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 his about his movies coming on the, on Friday. Uh, we're gearing up for that and, you know, just go support more, more stuff and more films. There's a lot to come out and support. So I'll stop saying support and, but yeah, go, go doing that and then follow strong agent lead. We have all our Instagrams and all that kind of stuff. Of course, that's, we'll have new information. We have a whole new team of, you know, social media people and ideas. If Kevin's still in the room and Keith is still in the room. Yeah. They're on our team now. So <laughs> keep going and Rose here as well. So we're all doing some amazing things. We have new shifts and new uh, formats and uh, yeah. And I'm also excited to sh uh, share with everybody our new web app that we'll be doing launching this month as well. So keep in touch. Uh, thank you again for all tuning in and sharing your opinions and thoughts. And I'm excited to have this room. So have a good night and great weekend, everybody. Take care. Stay safe. Stay clean. Thank you very much. Have